At Cocoa Talk, we'd like to thank the patrons who sponsor our show. So our heartfelt gratitude goes out to Al Hartman, Alan Huffman, Alan Murphy, Amigos Retro Game, Blair Ledoux, Brendan Donahue, Brian Weasler, D. Bruce Moore, Davey Mitchell, Diego, Patrick Randolph of Dinky's Hideaway, Eric Canales, Graham Vemke, Glenn Hewitt, Grant Leedy, Henry Strickland, Jason Dowds, Jenna Farron, Ken Riker, Kyle Etter, Malfunct, Michael Pitsley, Rick Ewan, Paul Fiscarelli, Paul Shoemaker, Paul Thayer, Rob Inman, Stephen Wagner, Steve Batson, Terry Steen, Terry Steggy, The Backyard Shed Gang, Tom C., Tom S., Tim Lindner, and Tony C. Thank you ever so much, patrons. Coco Talk is an unscripted live broadcast. Anything can and will happen. The views and opinions expressed by members of the panel and the live audience are their own and not necessarily those of the Coco Talk show, its sponsors, affiliates, or subsidiaries. Open minds encourage, sense of humor recommended. If any off color comments were made, we're sorry. Hi, this is Dale Leader, designer of TRS 80 Color Baseball. And you're listening to Coco Talk. This is Coco Talk the nation's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. With your host, Mr. Gameplay Goodness himself, Stevie Strout. Oh, wow. That was a throwback. I figured I'd start off this episode with the original cheesy fake news anchor sounding intro that we did Gosh, 2017, we're here. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Coco Talk Live. We are celebrating 200 episodes and four years of people who love the color computer uh, who get together and celebrate. As odd as that seems, it makes sense to some people, especially us here on the panel and those of you watching us live. Thanks for being here. Let's go around the room and say hi to the panel. How about we talk to our backup streamer and engineer, Mr. Mark Bosley. Happy 200, and thank you for being here today, Mark. Hello. Great to be here. This guy has been here since episode one. He is our resident Apple guy. He helps out with the live chats and the streams and timestamps and all kinds of other things. He's an awesome dude. Mark Overholzer is here. Welcome, Mark, and thanks for being here 200 times, roughly. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. I've missed a few, but I'm probably good in the 170s or 180s. So. There we go. We got a guy who's making us all jealous with his beard going on there, Rick Yulin. Hello, Rick. Howdy, folks. Happy Bicentennial. There we go. We've got one of our newer members to the panel and to the community, but he's fit right in, even though he's an Atari guy. You know him as Sloopy Malibu or the Drive Wireless dude. Hey, Sloopy. Greetings, Steve, and congrats on 200. Why, thank you. Thank you. You are too kind. Uh, we have, this is the first co-host we ever had, the Internet's own Grant Leedy. He is a celebrity of his own rights. Uh, Grant Leedy has been here from almost day one and was our first co-host. He's hosted several times. He definitely boosted our ratings. Uh, thanks for being here, Grant, especially on our Hello. special day. Nice to see you guys again. 
This was one of the first people who I've met through YouTube uh, via comments on my gameplay videos and ended up becoming the first person I ever interviewed that would make its way into a series of interviews that would make its way into Cocoa Talk. We're talking about you know him, you love him. He's Canadian. It's L. Curtis Boyle. Thanks for being here today, L. Curtis. Hello, everyone. I just wanted to mention you mentioned that we played the uh, the original old cheesy version of the intro and we've progressed up to new now. Yeah, we have new cheesy versions of the intro. Yes. So. We have a very special guest with us, the madman himself, Simon Jonasson. Thank you for being here today, Simon. Thanks for all you've done for the community all these years. Nice to be here, man. It's great to have you. We've got a guy whose name is so nice, we must say it thrice. You know him. You love him. It is none other than... David Ladd! David Ladd, are you excited about being here today? Why, yes, I am, Stevie. And is everybody ready for today's train ride? Oh, I know I am. Are you? Oh, look, Jason's got my drink ready for me, Ooh. although it might be a few hours before I can collect it. But let's get this going. All right. I love doing that to Nick Marotti. He gets all psyched up. He gets all ready. <laughs> you know him. You love him. We must say his name thrice. It is going once. Going twice. Nick and three times for the win. Nick Marotta. Nick Marotta, thank you for being here. I feel like Charlie Brown and you got the football lined up and then I sort of <laughs> kick it and you pull it away. So I'm going to pre-announce next week's game will be Jumpman for the Commodore 64. I'm going rogue. That's it. I'm tired That's of that. Oh, you can play Rogue. That's fine. Thanks, Steve. Lucy Strobridge. Yeah, Lucy Strobridge. That's that's me. And we got a guy who's best known for saying, "Stop right there." It is none other than Jason, the Coco Man Reichert. How are you, Jason? Oh, I'm I'm doing great. I've got a I got a party hat. I've got noisemakers. Woohoo! I'm All ready right. to go. This next guy came to our show with his own theme music. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the smooth and sexy sounds of Ron's Garage with Ron Delvo. Ron Delvo, you have been a national treasure to this community and to this oh, show. I mean it, Ron. You are the epitome of what an awesome human being is. You live that life, and I thank you, sir, for being you. And for okay, being with how, us. How, how many new Coco channels have you started this week? <laughs> well, <laughs> let's run the outro. <laughs> oh, uh, Ron, we appreciate you, literally Thank you. and honestly. And we have a guy who is so talented, he has three names. And those names happen to be D. Bruce Moore. Thank you, Bruce, for all you have done for everyone. You are amazing. Thanks for being here today. Thank you. Ooh. Wonderful to be here. You know, two hundred is a great number, but should we have shouldn't we have a special episode on episode two fifty six? That's it. Wouldn't that be appropriate? We've, we've reached the end of the eight bits. The kill yeah. screen episode. Maybe the kill screen. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's the Armageddon. Maybe that that's is. the end. That's Armageddon, yeah. right? Okay. So, uh, that, that's... Be sure to turn your computer off before midnight. Thank well, you. Yeah. Yes. Luckily, we have sixteen-bit registers in the six eight zero nine, so we can really oh, go up to sixty-five k. Oh yeah. So, okay. I think we'll so be all right. Okay. We'll be okay. But you know, it's Armageddon when Predator is the game of the week. <laughs> 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 that'll, be, that'll be the last game on challenge. Absolutely. 
256 is beyond eight bits, though. And that's it. That's right. Well, oh. that's true. That's it's the ninth bit. Two five five. Yeah. Well, use the extra Y register. It'd be the Ghost Act episode. Absolutely. <laughs> We're Absolutely. geeking out. Yeah. It'd be in the carry register. It'd be in the carry register. There we go. The carry right. That's right. The carry bit. There there we or be an overflow thing like Grant did, you know, years back. An overflow. <laughs> right. Um, an- another relative newcomer to the community, but someone who kind of just kicked the door open has been hitting the ground running with just being an awesome member of the community and just doing all kinds of cool cocoa stuff. We're talking about Alan Murphy. Hey, Alan Murphy. How are you? Doing all right. Congratulations on 200, Stevie. Oh, well, I thank you very much. You are too kind. And this guy here is holds a very special place in my heart and in my mind um he is matter of fact he has really optimized the way i think about things you know him you love him it is james diffendaffer hey james hey i've come here to eat pizza and make stevie rage quit and i'm almost out of pizza <laughs> oh, oh yeah oh, oh yeah. and a guy who likes to say oh rocky the Thunder from Down Under, the man who puts the might in Vegemite, Nicholas Marentes. Good eye, Nick. Hey, good eye, everyone. Good eye, fans and air conditioners. Ah, oh, yes. I see. Oh. And we've just been joined by Brian, the music man, Shoebring from the Glenside Color Computer Club. Brian, thanks for being here on episode 200. So happy to have you. And you're muted. <laughs> the, the, mute, the, the the guy who makes sound is on mute right now just so <laughs> you did that to me didn't you no, did. <laughs> bad to be here everyone thank you for being here and thank you for all you do, you do. sir all right so we have a lot of content in store for you today we're going to be celebrating memories we're going to be talking about all kinds of things past and present maybe even projecting into the future making some predictions who knows but um before we get on with all of the celebrations and all the special content that's been curated and prepared for you today um we are going to go ahead and get everyone's favorite segment especially nick marota's favorite segment out of the way we're going to go ahead and just do game on we're going to do a speed run on the game on results and announce the game of next week, get all that done, and then just focus on our celebration for the rest of the show. And this guy <laughs> loves when we mention his name. He's not a narcissist. Roses are red, violets are blue. Nick Marotta's not a narcissist, and neither is he. So um, <laughs> we are going to, and, and I have a feeling, too, that this um, game on results is going to be precluded and segued by a brand new segment of Coco Thoughts by Samuel Gimes, the deep thinker and uh, talented vocalist of the Coco community. So <laughs> let's go ahead and see what Samuel Gimes has to say about this week's game, and then we'll um, probably get a quick reaction to that and then go on with the game on results. So here we go. Get ready for Coco Thoughts, everybody. Woo-hoo. And now Coco Thoughts. By Samuel Gimes. Turtle Tech! <laughs> turtle Tech! You're so weird, Turtle Tech! You're so strange, Turtle Tech! You did the Turtle Tech! You did the Turtle Tech! This tank does have a gun! This tank does but have a gun! Are you trying to kill us? Come on into the ends, lay those eggs. 
Let's crawl and bite. They're not slow, slow, slow. Turtles way too So weird, turtle attack, you're so strange, turtle attack, what the heck, turtle attack. Wow. Wow. The Sorry Harmony is what made that one. Wow. Somebody register his voice as a lethal weapon. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. I love it. Lord. Oh, that is, um, I don't want to say it's... Cerebral, but it did attack my cerebellum in some way, shape, or form, and it wasn't that, necessarily a, a good one. <laughs> is that considered avant-garde? Avant-garde. Like, kind of, um, yeah. That was interesting. That's we were, we were having a discussion last night about what prog rock was, and so uh, Paul Thayer was was learning me on progressive rock and the different bands that qualifies that. This was definitely progressive, and it's not not well, in the it, sense of car insurance by any means. It so. needs to be in a five-four or seven-four time. <laughs> Samuel L. Gimes. We appreciate what you have done for us so yes. many, so many times. Your talent knows few bounds, and those boundaries are continuously pushed. So thank you, sir. Uh, anyone else? Um, let's go to our resident music credit, and let's poke the bear. Ron Delvaux, what did you think of that one? <laughs> you had mentioned cerebral. And I, I was thinking a different part of the body. <laughs> colon. Oh. So. All right. Yeah, I was thinking avant-garde, and in Ron's case, would be I want to never see that again. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get on with the high score game on challenge results, everybody. High score challenge. All right, and welcome to another week of results. This week we played Turtle Attack with 22 scores submitted. Ken Reichard, 250. Nathan, 330. David Ladd, 1,360. Kieran, 1,520. Henry Nonick, 1,560. Paul Shoemaker, 1,570. Mr. Dave, 2,140. Sloopy Malibu, 2,180. AC's 8-Bit Zone, 2,270. Coco Discord User, 2,510. Tom C, 2,630. 8-Bits in the Basement, 2,700. C. Duris, 3,550. Jim Rye, 4,410. Boat of Car, 4,500. Me, 5,030. Canadian Retro Things, 5,820. L. Curtis Boyle, 7,250. Digital Bytes, 7,760. David Craker, 9,780. Buck Owens, 9,830. And the number one score this week belongs to Tasman, 13,030. Great score. Thank you for the suggestion, Sloopy, and thank you wow. for all the scores. All right. You guys have a brief discussion. I think there's somebody at my door. I'll be right back. All right. I'm just going to go ahead and share my screen. I have to say, that was a hard game. Okay. Can you guys see my screen okay? Yep. Somebody could keep an eye on chat. I don't have the chat open. So if anybody yeah. makes any comments about uh, the game, they're uh, 
that are particularly try. interesting. Please bring them up. So, uh, yes, uh, Turtle Attack, a game that I certainly haven't heard of. I'm not sure Sloopy heard of it. Uh, Sloopy, are you there? Yes, I am. So how did you hear? So how did you hear about this game? Find about well, um, a month ago, a month or so ago, when uh, everyone was discussing uh, cassette games, uh, well, cassettes and all the uh, speed ups, and everyone was doing all the uh, things with cassettes. Uh, you had mentioned in passing that it would be kind of cool for people to try out cassette games to suggest for the game of the week challenge. And while I was working on something, I just needed a bunch of cassette files. So I grabbed a bunch of uh, random files and um, in the wave format or from the archive and tried them out. And I rather liked this game when I was playing it. Huh. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So here, uh, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of information about this game. It definitely flew under the radar, but I believe, uh, uh, I think it was Buck Owens had mentioned he found this and maybe Curtis as well. This was a mention in color computer magazine. Uh, just an, uh, a little ad for it. And as you see, it was on cassette and 16K. Yeah, it was quite a nice game. It uh, reminds me of my favorite uh, computer game of all time, which is Crossfire. But uh, it's a pretty good uh, game itself. And thank you to, again to Canadian Retro Things, who provides us weekly with uh, gameplay footage on his channel, Canadian Retro Things, on YouTube. Check it out for Coco-related and other content. Uh, so yeah, I, I thought it was a fun game too. When you suggested it to me, I tried it out and I thought it was, uh, you know, just a fun little shooter. And um, I thought it was worth. Uh, one of the goals of the of the Coco uh, Game On Challenge is to uh, expose people, including myself, to games that may have flown under the radar. So I thought this was a, a good pick. So um, I love yep. when they all drop the eggs like that at one time. You're pretty like, oh my gosh. So yeah, what did so uh, what did you guys think? Well, it's loosely based on Targ, the arcade game, of which we had another clone on the Coco called Storm Arrows by Spectral. See, I'd never heard of Targ, but yes, I did hear that. So I don't know if this is technically a port or what, but I'm treating it as an original. Um, so what was Targ? Was it the same grid? And, and yeah. what were you shooting at? Well, spaceships of some sort. They were pretty simple geometric shapes, even in the arcade version. So did they drop anything they had to go pick yep. up? Yeah, there's little things you had to pick up and stuff too. So okay, so they just re they replaced the ships with turtles. Yeah, well, I have to say this one's harder. This this one, like I, I know everybody jokes that I you know, played for five minutes before I have a lunch break or something like this. This this one I played well over an hour, and I only once got even close to the score that I submitted. Everything else was twenty five hundred or more points less than that. Now you did start. You cases. did start on easy, right? Yep. Okay. Good. Yeah, there was a bit of mix-up with some people they didn't know because I, I couldn't figure out a, a strategy. I was thinking, well, maybe if I go part way to a side and maybe to a corner or close to a corner where I have a shorter path for the bullets, I can fire more often. And that worked sometimes, but sometimes it didn't at all because that would shoot right before the person came up around the corner and then you just slam into me and I'm done. So well, I didn't as, really come up with a good strategy. Well, as Ken meant, Ken Kennedy Retro Things mentioned, you can only have two shots on the screen at once. So yep. if you shot down a long corridor then you had to basically wait for that shot to reach the other side before you can shoot again. And uh, one strategy people did was leave uh, the last turtle and chase after it and collect the eggs because you got more points for the eggs than you did for killing them. But the only issue is they could turn around on you. And when they did, they would often get you. So that, that was that was difficult. Yeah, and some of the turtles definitely outpace your tank. So, I mean... Yes. Once, they get, once you get down to like three or less turtles, they, were, they outpaced you. 
So, uh, and of course, you have to get the eggs before they fully crack open. They all turn into turtles. And on later screens, you know, you get a whole wave of like, you hear six new turtles all of a sudden, bang. Yeah. And... Yeah. So this, even though, even on easy, yeah, this was, this was a challenging game. But uh, it was, uh, I, re- I appreciate, uh, I appreciate the, um, requ- the requests and the suggestions because, uh, you know, we've done 52 games now and, uh, I'm starting to run out of games in my head that I remember playing as a kid. So, <laughs> so definitely any suggestions you want to PM me in discord and, uh, I'm look, and whether, even if it's a game that's sort of, you know, uh, under, you know, particularly games that are under the radar. Yeah. You know, hidden I, gems. I, so. yeah, 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 definitely. So this was a, a nice suggestion by Sloopy and uh, I've got a list of other requests I'm working through, but please, uh, I'm looking for more requests, Coco two or three. Yeah, don't forget to bribe Nick to get your game up sooner rather than later. Yes, the he priority queue. The priority queue. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was our game, and thank you, CRT, for your uh, for your video, and thank you to all the uh, the twenty two scores submitted. I was I wasn't sure how many would get this week because this was an unknown game. So twenty two. I was very pleasantly surprised with the uh, the turnout. So thank you guys for uh, for supporting the segment. And, I know Frodo uh, said that he did play, but he forgot to submit the score because he's been busy, you know, doing research for yeah. some of oh, his. Oh, thanks, Frodo. He's, he's been doing like he takes a, a, an old retro computer and then he takes take the first year, first year and a half worth of games that came out for it, and he's been doing these long streams, just quickly going through a bunch of the gems. And he's actually right. got a Dragon Coco one coming up. Um, he just did the Commodore sixty four one this morning, for example. But it's a, it's an interesting take of seeing the early games, like before the platform really got learned. Speaking but, uh, of Dragon. Speaking of Dragon, I'm particularly yes. interested in hearing Dragon requests because that is a library I do not know. So if there are any killer games on Dragon that you think were, you know, pretty um, indicative of the system, I'm definitely interested to hear because we can do, we can play Dragon games through XROAR if we don't have actual Dragons. Although some people here do have Dragons, yes. either Tano or the... If, the, if uh, you're talking about indicative of the Dragon, you're pro- probably talking about something that involves Cuthbert. Cuthbert, <laughs> yeah, Cuth- Cuthbert goes to the drive-through, or Cuthbert, yes, Cuthbert goes to the library, yeah, something, one of those, you know. <laughs> Cuthbert buys groceries. Yeah, <laughs> Cuthbert goes to the bar and gets hammered, you know that kind of thing. Cuthbert uh, gets a hangnail. <laughs> Cuthbert goes to the bar was uh, was later brought over here as brewmaster. That's right. That's right. Wow. So one thing was... I will mention about the dragon that Nick Nick Morentes and I really like is that they were one of the ones that really experimented with the higher semi graphics modes way more than we did on the Coco for some reason. I don't know why. They both. Well, they, didn't go to... they had a, quite a few good games: Scramble clones, Pac-Man clones, all kinds of stuff we never saw. Well, they didn't get a Coco 3, right? So they were using the Coco 2-like hardware well in uh, past 84, right? Like they were still making games for the Dragon Coco 2-era yeah. yeah. tech yeah. Uh, into 87, 88, didn't they? So they're pushing well, the boundaries they could. Yeah, plus there was a lot of cross-platform games in the UK and Europe that, you know, the Dragon along with the Spectrum and the BBC Micro and others all had, you know, like Chucky Egg and that kind of stuff that we never saw here but got on multiple systems down there, including the Dragon, so... There's a, like there's a pretty big lab. There's hundreds of games that the dragon had that we did not officially get that, in North America for the Coco. The sixty so, yeah, is PM. bringing up Airball, saying he always loved Airball, but it doesn't suit a score challenge. So, mm. and that question has come up. <laughs> Ken Riker says Cuthbert gets syphilis. Right? That's that's <laughs> leisure, that's Leisure Suit Larry. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah, we'll have to think of a way if we can do that. This game that doesn't have score. Yeah, that'd yeah. be because uh, I'd hate to limit. You know, I'm not exposing the great game just because of that. So, right. 
Yeah, so PM me your suggestions anyway, and uh, whether they involve Spore or not, and we'll uh, we'll check them out. I'd love to give the Dragon users a little bit of attention too, because we appreciate them. Yeah, and you're, you're part of the Coco family, so. Yeah, and there's hidden there's hidden gems on the Coco like this one here, for example, that most people don't know of too. Even from some yeah. of the bigger manufacturers, like some like uh, Intercept Four by Mictron Computer Shack. I don't think most people have actually played or even know how, because it's not okay, the most easiest game in the world, but. Okay, send well, send me your suggestions. All right, so I think it we'll go needs ahead. More games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think we know so, a guy who's got a website you could probably look at to get some ideas. Yeah. yeah. This game, this game actually reminded me. I have to start working on that again because this is one I don't have on the site, even though I have played it years ago. I tried it once briefly, but I didn't. I think the next one is too. I looked on your site and didn't couldn't find it. So. Yeah. I'm this one will not be on my site. <laughs> All right, so we ready to talk about next week's game? Oh, so we please. Go on drum to the festivities. Roll, please. Drum roll, All please. All right, so I, I treated this as if it was an original, so I picked a port for next week. And Sounds important. It oh. is Froggy. Froggy. Now, we do have a number of Frogger, uh, Frogger clothes. So this one is Froggy, F-R-O-G-G-I-E. Now, I'm going to warn you, I tried to take a screenshot in VCC, and it was not working properly in vcc but it does work on an, a real coco 2 and a real coco 3. so if you have problems in vcc i'm sorry about that but uh i i, I like the emulators but if a game works in a the hardware then i'm going to go ahead and pick it so uh froggy let's not forget there's also x roar and there's MAME. also x roar and mame so hopefully it works on one of those if you don't have an actual code. i'm trying to remember this one supports a speech sound pack too doesn't i it? think it does. only only speech though no real it talks sound. yeah if you don't have a speech sound pack and it'll say experience this game with a speech sound pack and if you do have the speech sound pack it'll talk welcome to Lame. i was so disappointed whenever i bought a game thinking i was going to get something good now, and this would have been a prime game because frogger had fantastic yeah. background yeah. yeah this would have been a prime game for them to do music playing in the background so yeah. that, i mean they really cheaped out just doing the speech it's unfortunate mm -hmm. but... because there wasn't a lot of coding involved to do that you're basically sending text yeah to a, you know now I, I have a question i don't know if you know nick i don't know how much re research you've done on froggy because i do remember froggy being you know advertised in rainbow for the spectral associates it was actually you know displayed in color along with some other games they did but i noticed that the uh it's a sub license thing where they licensed it to spectral and it says pro color group but they spelled color the canadian Australian UK way. So oh, I'm wondering where is Pro Color from? Or is it no idea. no idea? No idea. This was actually oh. literally a last minute. I decided I had another game picked out for this week, and all of a sudden I got the I saw a Frogger screen on uh, somewhere on Facebook, and all of a sudden I was like, you know what? That's a game we should do. So I picked this literally last minute and made sure it worked on the actual Cocos, and then uh, and then got her in. So will it will it support keyboard? Yes. Okay. I oh I I'm not sure. Because I also tried the I tried a different one called uh, Frog, Frogger. Uh, I can't remember what the other one was called Frogger, I think, and it did. But I like this okay. one a little more. I like the graphics on this one. Yeah, more. I mean, because Frogger is a perfect game for keyboard. You know, so, so I can't. So I don't linear. know. If, I don't know if this supports keyboard. Or yes, it does. It does. Oh, okay. perfect. Ken Reichard has I, confirmed. Oh, thank you. Great. Our resident fact checker. Our crack team. Yes. All right. Sir, who? Our team on crack. No. Um. All right. So this is our game for next week. And Stevie, sincere thank you for uh, for allowing me to do this segment. It's been a lot of fun. And another sincere thank you to all the 
people who play uh, week in Absolutely. week out. We, this wouldn't, we couldn't do this without you guys. If it was just me playing, it would not probably be very entertaining. So. Well, rem- remind everybody what the whole reason behind Game On too. It's not just about bragging rights of getting the best no, score, right? No, it's not. It's it's to do something as a community. You know, just uh, to sort of have some, you know. Uh, play like a user group kind of thing you know we're playing together we're sort of comparing us we compare scores just for fun but that's all it is is fun it doesn't matter if you come in first or last in the rankings it's just something to do as a group you know and just kind of like to better each other in in a spirit of fun and and camaraderie and uh and again i'll thank mr dave for the suggestion initially and uh, he and i hashed it out and came up with the format which seems so, to be working pretty well. And uh, I've heard people say they enjoy it. And that, that really makes me feel good to know that people are enjoying the, uh, enjoying the segment and the sense of community. So thank you guys. Now, I, do, I do want to mention something quick here. I know we're not doing news because we've got the whole 200th anniversary special stuff going on. But I did want to mention that uh, Jamie Cho released a Cocoa 3 game based on the Dynasprite engine um, called Space Bandits, which is a kind of... It looks a, neat. Yeah, it looks yeah, cool. It's, it's a Cocoa 3... Um, Space Invaders Clone, but it has like background graphics, digitized sound effects. It supports the Orchestra 90 card. So it's he just released it this week. I know, like I said, we're not doing official news this time, but I did want to mention that for anybody out there that has a Coco 3 or a Coco 3 emulator, go grab it. It's actually pretty good. And he's actually got a Mac port of it as well. So Very cool. Very cool. So I, I did want to mention something here in the chat. Is it is it uh, amphib- Amphibian Month on Coco Talk for Game On Challenge now? <laughs> Yes, next oh, week's going to be uh, Liz. Yeah. Oh. oh, now you got me thinking. We too bad we did. Uh, too bad we did uh, Rampage already. Yeah, right. We can uh, call it Animal Month too because <gasps> you did Donkey Kong as well. So we're we could do Dino three games Wars. in a row based on animals. Maybe yeah. Dino Wars next week. Dino Wars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Although they're goodness. reptiles, but still, yeah. Ah, uh, Coco Man, you got me thinking. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can blame Ken for that in the chat. Oh, thank you, Ken. And, oh, actually, I will say thank you, uh, Samuel Gimes, too, for the for all the game on uh, Coco related thoughts you've been doing. I, I know originally you were doing, you know, more like Jack Handy's old uh, Coke, uh, thoughts, but mm-hmm. then he started then he started doing ones related to the Coco game of the week, and it's been a real. Uh, great addition to the segment. So thank you, Samuel Gimes, for your creativity and the time you put in making those videos. And uh, there you go. And really thanks for teaching. It. Like he's helping teach music. Like he he displays exactly how not to sing in key. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we move on to the main event, let's just say hi to some of the people in the live chat. Kevin Holloway, which was one of the first people here. Ken Reichard, Terry Steen. Coco Man, 8 Bits in the Basement is here. Samuel Gimes is here. Alexander Wallace. TJB Chris is here. Uh, Terry Steen and uh, Samuel Gimes and Canadian Retro Things and Samuel Gimes and Terry Steen. 8 Bits in the Basement. Um, Explore VR is here. Ben Drakes and Ken Reichert and Dave and Sharon. Mr. Dave is here. Erico is here. Hello, Erico. David Lord is is here hello david and um frederick de provincia is here and um i'm going through the um james gosh i can't even read right now james jones is here erico terry kevin holloway terry steen i know i'm repeating myself um uh, eight bits in the basement dave and sharon that's mr dave and then in twitch who do we have in twitch watching us right now 
We have, going back to Twitch, we have Frodo is in Twitch. Hello, Frodo is out there. And Digital Bytes is out there. And Just Mike 68 is out there. And ARG Presents, that's the Amigos guy. So hello to you guys. And um, uh, Frodo and Marco and Paco Otakte. Lots of people. It's hard to keep up with all the chat now because we got chat going to different places on different streams. We got people and Sheldon McDonald and Sixie Karen's here. There's a whole Sixie bunch. is here. Oh, Karen's here. Terry Steen, uh, Dave and Sharon, Sixie, Coco Man. You guys, thank you all for being here uh, every week for coming out and watching the show. So we are going to um, uh, we have a, we have some prepared segments that have been pre-recorded, but we are going to watch them live. Almost all of these things nobody has seen. Uh, before, so we're going to be getting genuine reactions. We'll be commenting on them. We might need to pause and rewind from time to time. So the first thing we're going to do is a very special piece that was orchestrated by Brian Joyce of Extructus Productions. And for those who don't know or remember Brian Joyce, he was one of the first people who was watching our show back in our first year of 2017 who really um, kind of honed in on what we were and who some of the different personalities of the show were and things like that and started making all kinds of cool clips and uh, he brought us the all, the all kinds of the cool David Ladd stuff. He created our two of our best of episodes and, and all kinds of really value-added content. So he was one of the first kind of independent media producers and we're very lucky to have lots of people doing that for us now. So Brian Joyce was one of the first to do that and so he took it upon himself knowing that we were coming up on episode 200 to create something and I believe he also reached out to people covertly and asked them to um, contribute to whatever it is we're about to see. So none of us have seen this before. Uh, I think it's about a half hour long, but I know it's going to be awesome. So we're going to press the button right now. Is everybody ready? Yeah. Okay. Ever be. Here we go. Ah! Bring it on. At Coco Talk, we'd like to thank the patrons who sponsor our show, so our heartfelt gratitude goes out to Al Hartman, Alan Huffman, Blair Ledoux, Boaton John, Brendan Donahue, Brian That's Weasler, an old, uh, D. Bruce Moore, Davey Mitchell, Diego, Patrick <laughs> Randolph, Dinty, Eric Is that part Canales, of the video? Frodo yes, and it's Al, part of the video. Glenn Hewlett, Graham oh, okay. Vemke, Grant Leedy, Henry Strickland, sure? Jason Dow, yes. Ken Riker, Kyle Etter, Malfunk, Michael Pitsley, Rick Eulen, Paul Fiscarelli, like Paul Shoemaker, mm -hmm. Paul Thayer, Richard Lorby. This was meant to be the intro to the show. Bob Inman, Alan Murphy, oh, Stephen okay. Wagner, Terry Steen, The Backyard Shed Gang, Tom C., Tom S., Tim Lindner, and Tony C. Thank you ever so much, patrons. Coco Talk is an unscripted live broadcast. Anything can and will happen. The views and opinions expressed by members of the panel and the live audience are their own and not necessarily those of the Coco Talk show, its sponsors, affiliates, or subsidiaries. Open minds encourage, sense of humor recommended. If any off-color comments were made, we're sorry. Hi, this is Dale Leader, designer of TRS-80 Color Baseball, and you're listening to Coco Talk. Coco Talk, the only show in the world featuring David Ladd. 
I see. Cool. Setting the bar kind of low there. Oh, Back to the Future music. <laughs> Great, Scott. We are live, Coco Chat number two. So we're going on the internet now. Welcome everybody, filled with MSG. All right, everybody, that's this many. That's the only ones, no shortage of eye candy. And that's why we're leading. I have a few people fall off out of boredom. People of the Earth and other planets who are joining us. Lucky number 13. Nothing but uh, gorgeous, beautiful men. It's me, it's the original gamer <laughs> Stevie Stroh. Put your best face forward. The nation, wow. the nation, the nation's leading That's Saturday, cool. April, <laughs> April, no, it's not April, it's July, about a handy color computer. Hopefully we'll have a bunch more. There I am. <laughs> oh, what's his face? Breaker of things, David Ladd. And that was my message to Curtis. All right, nothing like overproducing a show. Not quite fully ready for the show yet. So welcome to Cup. To Keko Cuckoo, to welcome. We <laughs> have not gotten enough floppy talk on our show. So what time does that 2 o'clock show start today? I want to take a quick moment here to do a shameful plug. It's not a reveal. Are you ready? <laughs> welcome to Controlling the Live Show, Grant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, feel free to really? not just at all, Ron. That's fine. I can take 15 hours of MC10 back and go. <laughs> Sorry about that. This How can you be saying that comes through with a horseshoe up your ass? Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. I wouldn't describe it as pleasant. I'm just going to sit in the corner and watch. No animosity here. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Marentes. Good day, Nick. <laughs> um, if there was a calendar of the dudes of retro, David would be the cover boy. Ah, there you go. There's some mock enthusiasm. It was very uh -oh. exciting. No <laughs> But we got some new faces. We got some old faces. We got some faces of people that are old. The show is jammed so packed <laughs> that we're going to try to pack this entire show into an entire hour. <laughs> so suck on that, Apple and Atari people. That's a defect right there. That's a defect. That's, that's just too cheap. We have a uh, moral imperative and obligation to our audience. Brightest star in the Coco universe, Sir David Ladd. Um, as long as uh, I don't get too damn tired, which happens sometimes. All right, everybody, be quiet. I think we're going live. Shh. I do see my big fat head on YouTube now. This train wreck will be a major tra train wreck today. As Grant would say. And so now my freaking sound mixer is screwed up. Thank you, Microsoft, right? I'm definitely a lot less sick sounding today than I was last week. Back from his gender reassignment surgery, we've got Grant Leedy with us. Hey, Grant, how are you? We've got a wonderful panel of quasi-talented individuals with us here today. The OG Stevie Show here, substituting for Grant Leedy, episode 63. I'm your host, Grant Leedy. The man everybody wants to watch and listen to, Coco Forever guy, Force of Doom guy, Bruce Moore's with us. How's it going, eh? Ah, it's going good, eh? We're going to do it live. You guys ready to do it live? Uh-huh. Sure, go ahead. Uh-huh. Why start now? <laughs> Rage quit. Rage quit. Rage quit. Rage quit. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. And now, 
Stevie Thoughts. Oh my God. By Samuel <laughs> Born in a place south of Tallahassee. Humid space in the land near the sea. Raised at the shack so he knew some tandy. Rage quit the show at the start of hour three. Stevie, oh, to Stevie, king of the Coco oh, Talk Lord. year. In 2017, the show uprose. Add in irreverence to the whole world's woes. Now Nick Marota is someone he knows. Then he calls on David Ladd and off he goes. Stevie. Oh my god. OG Stevie, king of the Coco Talk sphere. Off through the YouTubes, it's a marching along. Talking up news and singing some songs. Interviewing and talking can't be wrong. 200 episodes and still going strong. Stevie. <laughs> And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Yeah, if Ron, if you could just stop breathing, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> In three fingers, still two fingers, wrong. and my favorite finger. Some boobs here in the next near future. <laughs> Had those for years. Hello, I just can't wait till we go live streaming on uh, MySpace. <laughs> MySpace Live. And then we have that no-talent hack parent of his, D. Bruce Moores with us. Hey, Bruce. We have legendary game designer, Rick Adams is with us. Can I get a thank you? You're too gay. Thank you. Thank you. You're too gay. Okay. <laughs> no, it was, it was one of those life-changing bathroom experiences. Although I'm curious, Grant. You said that today you're Grant Leedy. So what are you on other days? The train has left the station, the train is on the rails, but it won't remain there for long. We have the host with the most, Mr. Bringing Sexy Back, Mr. Sexy Never Left. Grant Leedy is in the house. Hello, Grant. And in case you're not aware of this, welcome to uh, the soundboard that doesn't work talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, Ron, how's the International Space Station holding up right now? You got things going there smoothly? We are a-okay. All right, Rob Inman says, hello. Uh, hold on, folks. Kiss the next four hours of your life goodbye. Cue broken soundboard. <laughs> this train wreck is about to start. <laughs> testies, one, two. Testies, 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 one, two. They got a face for radio, kid. But we are here. We're queer. Deal with it. Uh, that's, sorry, that's a different oh show I do. Connecting, connecting, streaming. We're sorry. Support for the guys that have had their hair from their butt put on their head. The biggest <laughs> fan of the OS9 operating system on the planet, Nick Morentis from Australia. Good day, Nick. It's going to be a hit because I'm on the show today, not yeah. Stevie. And Curtis is also co-hosting as well, so that even makes it double better. Just to let you know, this show will not be as good as mine last week. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes you hear me say, and then let's try this again. All right, so the light is green. We're live on YouTube. Cue intro. We've had our Cocoa Christmas. Hopefully, Cocoa Claus was good to everyone. And that's the show. It's over. What do you think? Hello, <laughs> stars. Are you out there? <laughs> some, some people just call it dumpster fire, but okay, that sounds better. Heavy breathing has started. Any special guests for tonight? 
And John Strong of Strongware is scheduled to appear. <laughs> and some guy named Stevie Straw. I don't know who this weirdo is. I have a feeling that somebody here just can't decide what the hell time they want to have this damn show. For those of you not aware, we will be having the calendar of Coco Talk. Uh, coming out soon. The ladies will go wild for that. This year, go big or go home, man. I'm gonna big. I'm gonna bid high. I'm gonna bid on everything. I'm gonna make Alan Huffman uh, <laughs> cry. So. Now my real time clock was a little out of sync, unfortunately. So since I had the prototype, we've got solder porn up on the screen here. Look at those joints. People who, for whatever reason, keep showing up every single Saturday. So thank you, and I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, we're here and we're live. This is amazing. And the timing couldn't be any better, but I got to let my dog outside. So Curtis Boyle, why don't you start off by introducing the panel and I'll be right All back. All the clips Ed. he must have gone through. I know. Poor Hello, guy. Coco Talk. It's John and Aaron oh my here God. from the Coco Show podcast. And we just wanted to tell you how proud we are of you of reaching the milestone of 200 episodes I know that my love of the Coco has been really, really increased by Coco Talk. I tune in every Saturday without fail. Sometimes I watch a little bit after the fact, but I love Coco Talk. Aaron, I know you're a big Coco Talk fan. What's your favorite segment? You know, my favorite segment is when they're all together on screen. It's like some kind of geeky Hollywood Squares book. <laughs> they're all talking about some kind of hardware that I can't possibly understand. That's when I get a little tingly inside because I'm learning something, man. Plus the game <laughs> section, see a bunch of crazy games I never heard of. That gets me fired up. That show is personally responsible for me buying my pet here, the Coco 3. I love it, and I try to catch at least some of it every week. You can't catch it all because it goes on for 10 to 12 hours, but I catch as much <laughs> as I can. You, oh, I love it all. I love all the commercials. Oh, these guys are awesome. I love the Coco Thoughts segment. I love how crazy and wacky that gets. I'm telling you guys, congratulations. We both <laughs> love your show. We support your show on Patreon, and we hope you have a great 200th episode, and here's to 200 more. Uh, Happy birthday. Thanks, guys. You guys are awesome, too. Oh, I'm not yeah, great at awesome. testimonials. Instead, I made this list. The top 10 reasons to be thankful for OG Stevie <laughs> Stroke. <laughs> this is Number 10, Mike Bressel, your puppy from an alligator. Number 9, he is the master enabler. Hair as bad as all of ours, and he's bilingual. <laughs> keeps the sweat hogs in line and exhibits negative, negative entropy. Too. Plus, he's ukulele tolerant and keeps handing me beers. Oh! <laughs> His bloated head always regenerates. <laughs> the main reason <laughs> to follow OG Steve is we'd otherwise have to go outdoors Saturdays. So thanks, Steve. <laughs> oh, keep that's awesome. places to go. That's and good luck with that entropy thing. Thanks, Rick. Hey, original gamer Stevie Stroh. Congratulations on 200 episodes of Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show about the Tandy Color Computer. Hey, Stevie. It's Paul Fiscarelli here. Hey, Just Paul. wanted to congratulate you on your 200th episode of Coco Talk. What an unbelievable accomplishment. Thank you so much for your dedication and hard work. And over the last three and a half, four years, it's been a tremendous asset and resource for the community. I'm certainly looking forward to the next 200 episodes, and when we finally do have the ability to get together, looking forward to buying me a beer so we can really celebrate. Oh, yeah. Thanks again, Here, Steve. here. Take care. And remember, Paulie's buying. Frozen, you are watching Coco Talk, the world's leading weekly video podcast. Nick Marotta. Nick Marotta. Nick Marotta. It's in his contract. We must say it thrice. This is awesome, Brian and everybody. This is awesome. I'm almost getting misty. 
Well, let's put it this way. We got something. I am not sure what we've got in store for you tonight, but it'll be something. This is an amazing video, The yeah. train wreck that everybody loves to hate and hates to love. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Coco Talk, everybody. Episode 104 is going to happen in 3 Mississippi, 2 Mississippi. Nick oh, Marona. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, that was a mercy kill last week. Let's go around the room say hi howdy, ho. Yeah, and I can make up their names as I go along, so that's cool. Yep. And Curtis, why don't you take it off and get our great panel here introduced? Oh, boy. I wasn't expecting that. Don't take things so darn seriously. From Australia, where people say crikey all the time, it is Nick Morentes. Good day, Nick. <laughs> G'day everyone, and yeah, crikey. From Southern California, I'm not sure if it's <laughs> sunny, but feeling. he's here, Mr. Steve Bjork. Hello, Steve. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be a great show, but we've got an A show in store for you today. <laughs> Wait, it's upsell it, Steve. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Look at this panel of beauties here. We've got the freaking Brady Bunch up here. You were mounted by the police. Yeah, if you've ever watched Do South, it's an experience you don't want to have. Last but not least, in the center square to block, it's Ron Delvo. Hello. Our resident Apple guy and wearer of fine quality eyewear, we've got Mark B. Overholzer. On the next row on our panel of squares, that almost has a double. <laughs> um, hey, it's Mikey. Mikey, he likes it. How are you, Mikey? Mike. Good, Mike Hossain today is shaky camp number one. Nobody's here for us in this crap show. They're here for David O'Connor. Oh, they wanted, uh, we want to know when the Coco 4 is coming. So that's that's a machine that never... <laughs> you know, we're used to having a couple of Canucks and a couple Aussies, but it's not every day you get two Jersey boys. Uh, Mr. Thank You, You're Too Kind, Mr. Rick Adams is with us. Hello, Rick. Thank you, thank you, and thank you, thank you. You're too kind. Okay. <laughs> Lord of the floppies, Duke of digital data. It is none other than Sir David Ladd. Welcome to the program, David. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Are you excited, David? We will return after this Uh oh, what is this? What is love? Oh! <laughs> Congratulations, Stevie, for getting us to 200 episodes. And hopefully, we can get to another 200 episodes. Can you keep us on the rails? I know you can. Congratulations, Stevie. Oh, thank you, David. Yes. Congratulations <laughs> to Stevie and the rest of the team that make Coco Talk possible on the 200th episode. Am I patting myself on the back maybe just a little bit? <laughs> hey, Stevie. Simon. Let me light up one of my infamous... All right. Pumal spliffs. Skinny like cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> As you often speculate, I name my Pumal spliffs. Spliff. Smoke it a spliff, man. And the other thing I would do is say. All right. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Like I always Cheers. do when I'm Coco Chat. So, well. You know. This is great. Here we go. That is awesome. Here's to you and 200 episodes. Uh, that's quite a feat. Quite a feat. And please keep doing what you're doing because uh, there's a lot of people out there that appreciate it, alright? Ah, oh, thank you. So I know we might not always see eye to eye. None of us can. Way the world, you know. But, uh, 
Simon Jonathan is, is so cool. He comes with his own jazz music. Played into you a lot that? Of yeah, yeah. He's one so cool cat. Keep it going. And he's got a beard. Now. So, yeah. And with that, I'll just smoke this spliff. Smoke this spliff. I love you, Simon. <laughs> Simon, you're awesome, dude. That was great. How how are you, panel? Ah, mm. doing fine. Been great. <laughs> Is this thing on? Extraneous. Oh, we're only like halfway through this thing. host. <laughs> well, I'm glad you've been promoted to amateur. <laughs> Who is excited to have a great show? We're today? more than halfway. I, I am. Our resident news anchor and Canadian. Good day. Good day. Uh, <laughs> now uh, you're in Australia. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how's it going, L. Curtis Boyle? Well, happy Thanksgiving, you Canadian turkeys. Gobble gobble. A guy who does not need to put a palm on his face because it's so damn pretty. It's Nick Moroda. How are you oh, doing thank today? Thank you. I got some work done this week. <laughs> Frequently said the words Nick Moroda so many times, I sometimes wake up in the middle of the night with a cold sweat. Oh, crikey, it's good to be here. <laughs> Your gift to yourself is being away from us. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, we, you know, we've got Coco Thoughts and then we've got Troll Thoughts. Just ignore that channel. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've, muted all the, I've muted all the OS9 stuff myself, so. <laughs> <laughs> what about Diet Dr. Pepper, David? Are you thankful for Diet Dr. Pepper? Oh, I go through like six liters of Dr. Pepper every day. Rondelva was stroking his color computer and I chose to ignore that. <laughs> no ukuleles in the filming of this episode. We've got a channel of luminaries, legends, and Nick Marotta. I'm here to answer all of Richard Lorbieski's complaints in real time. <laughs> yeah, it's been a great ride and hopefully the ride's not over. Yes, and Retro Innovation says, yay, C64, finally some reasonable knowledge. Speaking of ukuleles, <laughs> he's got one that costs approximately $5, and he probably spent $4 too much on it. Jason, the Cocoa Man Rikers here. Get your Cocos out of the closet, right? And and that was true statement 40 years ago. It's a true statement today, too. Yeah, Welcome we were on YouTube. Everybody. I checked yep. earlier. We're on YouTube streaming, and so. Facebook. Yep, YouTube and Facebook are both up. Wow. Doesn't mean anyone's watching. Are you ready for a great <laughs> show? I certainly am. Which show are you watching? Our show. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. <laughs> Hello, everybody. So the winner was Nick Morentes. We'll see you next week. Hello. Good afternoon. Welcome. Uh, I don't don't know why I said welcome because I'm not hosting, but thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so prepare for a riveting eight-hour episode. Because Everyone wash your hands and don't touch your face. Yeah. After these messages. This is incredible. We'll be right back. Hey, Stevie, this is Greg. Greg! I just want to congratulate you on <laughs> 200 episodes. Look how thin and pretty Grant looks now, too. He's a sexy beast, ain't he? It has been a pleasure to be and a backup got some, uh, competition now. Yeah. And also, yeah. it has been a pleasure to live stream on your show. <laughs> of course. Isn't he but anyway, Stevie, it's is been a uh, wonderful journey with you. Congratulations on your 200th episode. And uh, here's to 200 more episodes. Take care. Thanks a lot, buddy. Hey, Stevie. Congratulations on the 200th episode Mark of Coco Talk. Looking forward for the next 200. Another 200. Good day, mates. Uh-oh. This is Nick Marionettes, author of <laughs> such color computer titles as Funstar, Aussie SG, and Crikey Pipes. <laughs> Crikey and Pipes. And I am here today to tell you about the world's most fabulous live color computer talk show host, 
Steve Strobridge. Crikey. Stevie's Cocoa Talk Show has done so much to bring enthusiasm back into the cocoa community. Stevie has brought so many coconuts together. His humor and ability to communicate in a clear and simple way is definitely ease of use. (laughs) Stevie Strobridge is such a friendly and encouraging host. He gives everyone a chance to share their passions. Even David Ladd and his floppy talk. Well, I guess 9 out of 10 ain't so bad. Stevie Strobridge, Coco Talk, forever. Oh. Any resemblance to actual events, to persons living or dead, is purely coincidental. There may be a global pandemic that's going around, but it's not stopping Coco Talk. We are here every week for you live, and we're sorry. Okay, thank you, Megan. Thank you. I'm, I'm live and on the air. I know. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Thank you very much. Okay. Stop right there. With the Coco Talkers, we've assembled a panel of people with squeaky chairs for you. Coco forever, people. All right. Yeah. Virtual Coco hey, Fest. Oh. We are here. We are hey, man. here. We thank are live. You. Thank you very much, and thank you. Thank you. You're too kind. Wow. Thank you. That's all I have to say is wow. James Diffendaffer saying, "What's the password?" I feel like we're playing Leisure Suit Larry right now. And probably one of the most exciting things I found on tape, and uh, you know, is Vidtex. It's going to be right up there with telescripted, doesn't it? We're ready to pump the digital storage. Let's get the <laughs> show on the road. Hello, stars. Robbie. Hello, Gene. Yes, that would be me. Nitrous 9 is so the powerful, it can actually stream Coco Talk. community that we could assemble on short notice with zero budget. Thank you all for being here. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I spent the past nine hours this morning working on, and it just flatlined. This episode of Coco Talk brought to you by Detoxit. Um, and next week will be brought to us by Botoxit. There we go. From the cover of Tiger Beat Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> it is Jeez. none other than... Dreaming. <laughs> that is awesome. We got a guy who likes to say, Stop right there. It's Jason the Coco Man Rikert. Hello, Jason. Hello, hello. And I don't like saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any amount of practice is going to make it any better. Welcome to Commodore Pet Talk, where we celebrate the 6502, the greatest processor ever invented in the history of microtechnology. Commodore Pet, Commodore Pet, Commodore Pet. Pet. Any final thoughts, Mikey? Go, Commodore. Go. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't talk about my MC10 like that, Curtis. Yeah, well, exactly. I, I thought I thought we were going to do the dating game, and our first contest, contestant was going to be David Ladd. Well, everything is bigger in Texas, including uh, uh, ego, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Crikey, have we got a great show for you today, boys and girls? Unfortunately, it's being hosted by me. There we go. There goes the rating. Hold on, I got to put on my Mark Overholzer uh, magnifying glasses. Man, this is a great-looking panel. I swear to God, you guys get better looking all the time. I don't know how you do it. What's your secret? Which nostril hair are you referring yes, to there with yes. those glasses? So, on? I've, uh, got some folks. We're going to talk about something very cool today. Uh, I thought we just showed up. Hello, everybody, and how's everybody doing today? 
I'm David Ladd, and I'm your temporary host. <laughs> oh, wow. How'd that happen? No, I don't know. <laughs> here's how Here's how that happened. Stevie and David, a love story. Oh, my God. Fletcher. Oh, JT. I need it. Tonight. Oh, oh no. my God. <laughs> Sounds expensive. JT. Fletcher. JT. Time is money, Fletcher. I like that. I knew you would. Oh my god! Fletcher. <laughs> You'll go far. Numerous requests, restraining orders, and forces of Congress. For those of you All wondering right, what the heck up. we're talking about, <laughs> that's usually every week. Uh, it's been documented enough places. He came to the price, I told him, horseshit. And he said, he didn't tell me what to say when you said horseshit. Oops. So, Out there <laughs> shaking hands and kissing babies, huh? pressing the flesh. Yeah, yeah huh? exactly. Right. Yes, you don't, don't shake the babies and kiss hands. Uh. <laughs> okay, can you do David Ladd doing Mark Overholzer? It's just, you can sing to it, it's catchy, you can dance to it. Songs you that can, broke the internet. Can conceive children <laughs> to this song. Right. It's got so many purposes. Former lead singer to the rock band ZZ Top, Rick Eulens with us. <laughs> Howdy, folks, and don't feel bad, Curtis. I don't even have bangs. <laughs> <laughs> no makeup or mask required. This is all natural. Thank you, panel, for laughing at my jokes. I really do appreciate that. Coco Talk. We're here every week, whether you want us to be or not. <laughs> hello, you doing, sir? hello, everybody. David, I'm excited to be here. David Ladd, were you excited to be here today, David? Oh, why? Yes, Stevie. I was extremely excited to be here. And the key was, was. Only <laughs> <laughs> uh, show in the world featuring David Ladd. Oh, cool. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So pretty much the usual. <laughs> it's winter, man, and it is. Brrr, it is like seventy degrees here in Florida, man. I don't know how you guys. <laughs> Those Florida winters crap. must yeah. be killer. Oh yeah. Oh, we have a caller. Sign wood chuck chuckers. It's groundhog. Oh my day. goodness. Oh my goodness. There we go. Over four yeah, years we heard that of introductions. On the show that just won't stop, despite numerous requests. We're here. Hello, everyone. Looking forward to the show today. I don't know why. Where the hell are they? They're not on that old YouTube channel. Hey, man, I'm sitting here turning this hair knob here, and this doohickey ain't pulling up the feed, man. Hey, honey, jiggle them antennas there for us. Not only do I not forget about you, I am constantly thinking about you, and that's not at all oh. creepy. No. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, David Ladd has just joined us. Uh, David Ladd, are you there? No oh, crap. <laughs> David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's why when I make love, I get on the bottom because I only know how to oh screw up. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> we're moving along here. So. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, uh oh. Ah, the cat barked all over my bed. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. From around the world. What you need to know. Uh oh. I gotta Get watch it. It's not done yet. 
Hello, Stevie, and congratulations to you and everyone else on the panel in the viewership out live and also on the ones that will be watching or listening to the podcast version afterwards on the 200th episode of Coco Talk. It's been a great unexpected ride doing this. Um, when when I first started talking to Stevie in the YouTube comments, basically, you know, he did a lot of gaming videos back around the 2015, 2014 time area, and I would have to go in and correct everything he was doing <laughs> wrong in the games. <laughs> And we just kind of got a good, you know, patter going back and forth, uh, talking about that, talking about the cocoa and stuff. And then he decided to invite me on a Skype call in 2016, I think it was, um, just after New Year's, like pretty early in the I year. I think that was your idea. Uh, just to kind of go over some alternate yeah, uh, I remember. game controllers. Because I, I went had, like, a Wico trackball and I had the, the Dicom, <laughs> uh, Sega Master light gun adapter, and I had, you know, the pistol grip joystick from Tandy and stuff. So some of the ones that weren't too often used were used to the Deluxe and the Black Beauties. So we kind of did a little, you know, three-quarter of an hour thing. He got a little bit of history from me, and I got a little bit of history from him on, on his uh, experience with the Coco from when he was young. And then the following year, in 2017, we decided uh, to try to do a, a special preview show for the uh, Coco Fest. And that was kind of like the pilot version of Coco Talk, when I don't think either of us were fully expecting this to be become a regular show at that point. It is uh, more just to promote the fest at that time. But, I mean, here we are 200 episodes later, still going strong, actually stronger. Um, we've had, you know, interviews with all kinds of Cocoa Luminaries, past, present, and future. It's involved people like, you know, Steve Bjork and the image producers getting all these stories that, you know, were in danger of being lost forever if, if nobody actually got them down somehow. So those have been recorded for posterity, and now everybody can, you know, learn all that kind of details back from the past. Um, some of those people have actually joined us on the panel on occasionally, which is something also unexpected. Because like Stevie, I was kind of in awe on some of these people when I was young. And, uh, you know, now they've become friends. And that's just great. Um, I, I definitely like the interviews. That's one of my favorite parts of the show. And, uh, you know, the whole thing just starting from just commenting on Stevie's videos. That was just amazing. Um, and you've to paraphrase lived, you've uh, Alan Huffman, I was basically on there to help Stevie <laughs> not fall off cliffs. This is a wise, <laughs> cracking commentator. And now, I mean, this has been a multi-year journey up to episode 200. I mean, there's been a few hiccups along the way. Occasionally, we get some technical glitches with, you know, internet speeds or OBS crashing or whatever else happens. <laughs> it always seems to be something. Um, a few infamous rage quits, um, you know, power failures from people right in the middle of talking, which I believe happened to me once, too. And and just a, a lot of a lot of things that have happened that, you know, it's not a smooth running ship all the time. Some people would say never, um, but it's it's been a great bit of, I guess the best way to describe Coco Talk to me is fun. It's like the user groups of old where you could just get together, talk about your favorite computer or one of your favorite computers, and you know you can, you can like multiple ones. Um, but it, it was the funness where you'd get together the group, you might have a serious presentation, you might have a demo or something else, you might interview somebody if they were visiting, talking about something. And then you'd, you'd have just the general chit-chat, you know, general hunting around coffee or a soft drink, whatever type of thing, and just have fun talking about it and, and learning things and, and appealing to experienced users and beginners and intermediates and everything else. And that's, I think, what we're kind of doing with our community here is that it's an interactive show so that you're not just watching it after the fact, but people can chime in the chat on YouTube, on Twitch, etc., or join the panel and actually come on and ask questions. But it's 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 fun. It's it's relaxed. It's fun. We don't take ourselves too seriously. Um, it's just it's just like a user meeting in the days of old. And it's international now. I mean, we've got people from Europe and from 
South America, from North America, from Australia, from Asia, uh, all coming on the show, which would have been possible back in the user group days. So in that way, it's actually better. And especially in this era, era of COVID, um, I mean, you can't travel to see each other. We've you know had to cancel fests that might happen again this year, looking pretty pretty slim. It'll be you know ready to go in April. And yet we can still have these meetings and, and, and still chat with each other and interact. And that's one of the best things about it. I think it's it's just amazing and great that we've made it to our 200th episode. And thanks, Stevie, for the, the, the starting it up and hosting it and, you know, organizing it all and, and getting everything going and you know, helping arrange getting everything together and making the podcast version so that people that can't make it at this time due to the time zone differences or work or whatever else can still enjoy the show. And... <laughs> I, all I can say is, you know, here's to 2,000 more episodes. I could have said 200, but I really think at the rate nice. the Cocoa community is going right now, innovating on everything and coming up with new hardware, new software, it's actually at a faster clip than it's been in years. I'm going for 2,000. Nice. And you know what? By the end of that 2,000th episode, we might actually have Nitrous 9 ease of use out of beta. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a prediction. <laughs> What an optimist. How it started, <laughs> how it's going, how it will end. What is, what? <laughs> what, 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 what? Oh, my God. That was overload. Oh, my God. Brian Joyce is the creative genius behind that, and obviously everybody else contributed to that. I am totally moved by all of that. Thank you, everybody, especially Brian. Um, oh, my That's God. Yeah, that was a lot of work for him. That Holy was. God. That was a lot. Um, and uh, it's, I mean, he had to forcefully watch every episode. I yeah. can't imagine yeah. having right? that causing severe brain damage. So. And, and Curtis, you covered so many good points on your thing that, you know, sometimes people just can't think of all that stuff. And you took your time to bring all that, that out for what some of us might have missed in our thank yous to yeah, Steve. I, I brought it a lot as good as Mark's cat. That's all I can say. <laughs> oh, my God. My God. Ah, that was a lot. And we've been joined by Boat of the Amigos Retro Gaming. Hey, John, how are you? Hey, guys. Yeah, I'm joining you from my phone. The internet has knocked, or the uh, the, the snowstorm has knocked out the internet here in West Virginia. So uh, forgive me if my audio quality isn't as, uh, oh, as good fine. as it normally is. But I'm glad to be here. West Virginia has internet. Yeah, we got it. We got it a couple of weeks ago. Usually, they just they yeah. just had it installed. Did you check the string? Did you check the between the tin cans? I, I know that the that you know twenty four four is all the rage, but we've got fifty six k. So beat that. Ooh, <laughs> wow! You better, awesome. better sign up for the latest package from Frontier Communications. Absolutely, <laughs> good stuff. Oh man, so and thanks for that that piece you guys did uh john you and Aaron. oh no that problem awesome. glad to do it that was awesome glad to do everybody it. what a great what a great group we have it's it's awesome um i do need to take a, a potty break um so and rondo though, are you, you gonna do it live like grant ron do you need a potty <laughs> break too okay ron needs a potty break i need a potty <laughs> break we're gonna find a commercial break and we'll be back with more coco talk with more celebrations and we need that was so much to soak in we probably need to have a few discussions and all of that stuff. So um, we'll be back after these words, everybody. Man, I am totally touched. Thanks, everybody. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Bruce Moore, and this is Jacob Moore. Gotcha. And we are the Forest of Doom guys and the Coco Forever guys. And we are at Coco Fest, and we love Stevie Strobe. Imagine 
a different world. A world where Tandy Corporation has the upper hand. Where the Coco surpassed all competitors. And all you have to do is travel back in time without making a single mistake. Coco forever. definitely earn this office. Yes, you're too kind, and thank you. You want to grab some food before we head back and look at that alt-reality OS9 module? <laughs> it's only a 40 years past due, but yeah, sure. How does it feel? I'm still What's going on, everybody? Stevie Stroh, and I want to say thank you for continuing to watch and listen to Coco Talk. We love doing this show. We think we put together a pretty good show for you, but this show could be better with your help. So if you would like to send a feedback, a comment, a suggestion, a show topic, or maybe even your own little segment or bumper, then send it to us via email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. This show would be nothing without you. Love to hear from you. Radio Shack TRS-80 put the world of color computing into your home. Instant loading program packs turn any color TV into an exciting game arcade. And there's more. The color computer is an educational aid, a home management tool, and up-to-the-minute electronic information service. The programmable, expandable TRS-80 color computer from $399 only at Radio Shack, the biggest name in little computers. Hi everybody, this is Siri, Apple's personal assistant and beatbox professional. You're watching Coco Talk, with the original gamer, Stevie Stroh. Oh my god. Oh man, that was Brian Joyce, you are amazing. Uh, the time you had to put into watching all those episodes and just finding any, it, and, and, and it literally he was maybe able to scrape about one to two seconds of quality from each of those 200 shows. And that was it, really. I mean, that was the best moments of the past 200 episodes. So I'm, I'm lucky, I'm very fortunate he could find those two to three seconds per show that he did that. But the amount of time to do that, oh my God, that is, that is so freaking awesome. That is cool. Oh, and for everybody who had a piece to contribute to that, thank you. I appreciate that. Very touching. It was great to hear from everybody. We appreciate uh, you, Stevie, a lot. And it, I, the feeling is mutual. I had a few minutes while I was making dinner. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, minutes. I snuck my bit in before one of my high score attempts. Uh, yeah. That is, that is so awesome. Um, we do have another segment that we're going to be doing where I, uh, similar, I didn't know what Brian Joyce was doing. That was, that, that was a covert operation. So I had no idea what he was going to do or what, how it was going to play out. But I also had a, um, um, I had reached out to anybody who wanted to submit some of their favorite memories. And I do have another piece that we'll, that we'll look at, which is favorite memories submitted by the community and some of my own 
favorite memories as well. So we'll, we're going to play that, and then we'll have a nice discussion where we're just free free flow, talk about things that we remember, things that we enjoyed, things we're looking forward to. Um, before we get to that presentation, I will ask this question one last time. We'll put it to a vote on the panel, and we'll put it to a vote in the audience. But um, I have prepared this thing, to, and I've been wanting to show this for a while. And um, what this is, is this is my first Coco video, which was released in July of 2015. Because somebody asked me that not too long ago. I think it was Nick Marota. I said, what was your first video? And I had to think about it and I had to find it. And so what had happened is before I started doing um, gameplay videos, I just assumed nobody's going to know what a Coco is or what a Coco was. Nobody's going to remember this weird machine. So let me, Steve, explain this to the world. Let me do a little PowerPoint presentation and just kind of let people know what this thing was like. At this point in time, I had not seen or touched or heard or smelled a color computer in 35 years. I didn't know there was a community. I didn't know about eBay. I didn't know anything. This was me pulling stuff out of the ether, trying to just remember stuff. And I created this presentation. So I thought what would be interesting if we do show this was um, how close was I to the mark based on my recollections? And um, and how what did I get wrong? And how far have we come since then, six years ago, right? So we can talk over this. But it is 25 minutes of me talking, which is pretty self-indulgent. And I realize that. So if, if you guys don't want to hear it, I'll put it to a vote on the panel and the everything else. And we can stop it at any given time. But who is in favor of we'll, 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 we'll watch it, we'll react to it, and we can stop at any time. Anybody in favor of playing it okay. i'm all in favor of making um, fun of your old video okay <laughs> yeah. but and I, if gets, I and if it gets too long we can always declare asparagus there we go fair enough fair enough i i, I do have one question yes james are you sh are you sure you pulled it out of the ether and not something else <laughs> <laughs> yes so um yeah, because when I started my YouTube channel, I wasn't, I hadn't done Coco stuff. I was doing Minecraft. I was doing some stuff on MAME. I was doing some emulated Nintendo and Sega stuff. And so I figured, man, I really want to do some Coco games, but I don't know if anybody's going to know what Willis is talking about. So let me, let me set the stage. Let me, especially since I had most of my viewers were younger viewers at the time because of Minecraft and stuff. I figured I have to um, explain this to the world, right? And also, the as I'm sitting here complaining that it's 25 minutes long. It was really longer, and I edited it, it down because at that time I was trying to make like 10 to 15 minute videos. I was trying to do the whole YouTube format and get in and get out. And I was trying to find the unedited version, which I can't find. That will be something that would be neat to look at sometime later on because I know I probably shaved 10 minutes off of my my pee, meandering or whatever you want to call the word. All right. So if nobody objects, and like you say, you guys can call asparagus at any time. Uh, your microphones will be open, so feel free to troll me or anything else like that. And trust me, I cringe at my old videos too. So we're going to play it, and then we have more to come. But this really was my first video on the Coco, and doing Coco videos, for better or worse, is why we're all here today. So uh, this is oh, we have a we have a request from Frodo in the chat room. Curtis, can you correct his errors? <laughs> I don't know if I have that much time. Listen, we only um, yeah we're trying to we're trying to keep the show only, short today. It's, it's only a six hour show. We don't yeah. have that kind of time. Yes, I just want to say, just Mike in the chat mentioned he said we can all blame Stevie for the high cost of cocos and cocoa stuff on eBay now. So uh, <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, the other thing you know you guys are thanking me and um, which I appreciate, but I also want to give thanks to what my original inspiration was too. So Coco 
talk was inspired by Coco Fest. Coco Fest was inspired by me listening to the Coco Crew podcast. So I want to acknowledge the originators of the Coco movement, right? So John, when it used to be just John Linville and uh, Neil Blanchard, it was just two guys once a month who would champion Coco Fest. You guys got to come to Coco Fest. And this was back in like 2015. 2016-ish, and at that, I had never heard of a Cocoa Fest. I had never been to a Cocoa Fest, but apparently, the attendance in Cocoa Fest was steadily declining, and it was seeming like the community would possibly burn out. And so, uh, a couple of people took it amongst themselves to say, "Hey, let's try to rally the troops, and let's get people interested in the Cocoa. Let's get people interested in Cocoa Fest." And they are the sole reason why I came to Cocoa Fest because I listened to them every month for almost a year and they're the guys who made me want to come and the rest is history so as much as you guys are thanking me which i appreciate and i appreciate all you because this show is a is a team effort i want to acknowledge what my original inspiration was so you guys were um th those guys were it so coco crew inspired me to come to coco fest and coco fest and the community has inspired us to do this show so there we go. Um, so here we go. Get ready for cringe time. Here is my first video ever. And feel free to speak freely and honestly about how bad it is. Hey, what's up, everybody? Stevie Stroh, the oh original gamer. Oh, my gosh. Gamer. Who's that? Young, and I'm really uh, excited theater. to share something with everybody today. What we are looking at here on the screen in vivid rainbow beautiness is my first computer, my original computer, the single piece of equipment that literally changed my life and made me the person who I am today. And maybe some of you who know me might think that's not a good thing. However, this computer that we're looking at, the Radio Shack TRS-80 color computer, or as those of us who owned and loved them like to call this, the Coco. So the color computer was one I got when I was a kid. I got my computer in 1981, I think. I was probably around 14 years old. A lot of things were happening in the world that really inspired my mind. To yeah, I used to dye my hair before I said, you know what, I'm old. I just have to technology. deal with it. So. so let's take a little scroll down memory lane and talk about a lot of things that Only happened your in the 80s. And we'll get into yeah. my favorite computer. So in the 80s, what the heck was going on in the 80s here? Well, I'll tell you what was going on. One of the things that was happening... 15 years ago, Terry says. ...were happening. And uh, games like Space Invaders and Asteroids and Pong and then later on Donkey Kong and Pac-Man and all these games. These were things that literally never existed before. These were new, exciting, amazing things. We had never seen video screens. We had never seen computer graphics. We'd never heard this computerized music and the ability to use a joystick and play a game was exciting especially to me i was maybe 12 years old when this stuff happened and my brain was like just yeah. exploding we liked because it, it was just yeah. so amazing and, and intriguing to me so when these games came out um and the only place you could play these games were in the arcades you had to go to an arcade or maybe there's one in your bowling alley or in your convenience store or drug store but you had to leave your house and you had to go there and you had to spend money 
play these games. That was the only way you could do it. So the popularity back in my day, we used to, to have to go outside and play games and uphill in the uphill snow. both ways <laughs> in the snow <laughs> with no <laughs> shoes. Also, Stevie, I like how much you talk with your hands when you're a tiny little postage stamp on the screen. Yeah, and it was poor man's video tennis, but it was amazing at the time because we'd never seen it before. A lot of people had pong machines and that's all you could play was pong and you played pong and you were happy and we right? were happy damn it um, pong led <laughs> when to i was a kid we ate dirt game systems of all time. <laughs> we loved the atari it 2600 video computer system the atari system gave us joysticks still had paddles and instead of it being only one game that was built in we had two you colors could plug in a cartridge and you could change the black games. and white and so <laughs> because atari was making arcade systems, real arcade machines, they knew how to do this, right? So they built in a scaled down version of some of the technologies that were in the bigger arcade machines. But because it was meant for the home, because it was meant for a television, because it was meant to be somewhat affordable, it didn't have the same level of processing power, of graphical power. So it was a much more watered down experience than the arcade, but it was a fun experience nonetheless, right? So having an Atari system was the second best thing to being in the um, arcade. This led to home computers or personal computers. Another thing that never existed before that nobody had seen, heard of, used, or touched before, and certainly didn't have them in their house. So the idea of a home computer, of a personal computer, was a brand new thing, it was a very exciting thing to happen. And so all this stuff was happening all around the same time, and it was a perfect age for me because my brain was like a sponge. I was totally into this, I was excited about it, I was turned on by it, and I wanted to absorb this and be as much a part of this revolution. TV, your brain is still like a sponge. Yes, it is. One of the first most infamous <laughs> or like a loofah now. Apple II computer came out in Apple. 1977 Boo. for $1,300 with a mere 4K. Look, I was actually using the internet to look up memory. facts on this video. You see here, it was kind of <laughs> yeah, what happened? <laughs> now we know how Marco got here. Green screen. These were he some floppy Marco drives that you could out. attach to the side of it. So how this whole system here might have been $1,500. Look at some of the specs here. 4K minimum RAM. You had six colors maximum on your screen. You had a cassette interface. This was basic, basic stuff. Another thing you notice here, too, is that it came with BASIC. BASIC was a programming language. And in these old computers, about all you could do was turn them on and have a little prompt and, and write your own software. If you didn't, <laughs> I got a software, call for asparagus run, on the Apple there from Erica. Else you could do with <laughs> so this had its own version. <laughs> Another very, very Triple asparagus. computer for this time was the Atari 800 computer made by Atari. Um, pretty high-end system, really nice colors, really nice graphics, great music. This had dedicated gaming hardware. It had music synthesizers built in. It could make its own music. It could play music in the background, so the games had a nice musical uh, feel to them, similar to the arcades. It had a lot of colors on screen. It also had a, a hardware chip that allowed it to create sprites, and sprites were what were used in the arcade. Oh my goodness, then you have the cocoa. Yeah. <laughs> and sprites, to be done properly, Which had none you had of to this have stuff. dedicated yeah. hardware to do that. A lot of the home computers did not have sprite hardware, so it was all done in software. So it was slower, it wasn't as good, but this had sprite hardware. So this was really a fancy gaming system with a keyboard is what it boiled down to, but it was pretty cool. Some really cool games around this time. Here we have my computer. Radio Shack released the Color Computer, 1980. It came out for about 400 bucks when it hit the streets. The first model had 4K of RAM. The one I bought a year later, I think, had about 16K of RAM. And we'll get more into some of the 
technical aspects of this as I go through here. Another really cool computer system for the time was the Texas Instruments released a computer. This was a model known as the TI-994A. I remember playing with these things in the stores. Um, really good colors, really good graphics, great music and sound. Also had sprite hardware for games and it had a cartridge slot over here on the right hand side. And one of the things that it had was a speech synthesizer cartridge you could plug into it. And I remember hearing some of the games and it had like this robotic voice like the Cylons from Battlestar Galactica. It had this real, you know, war games type voice. That was a cool feature because most computers and most video games did not talk they did not have, have you guys all, has anybody learned anything yet as i'm steve explaining the 80s to you them had robotics <laughs> any revelations here features. so this was one of the things that model had and this computer here a couple years later is very beloved commodore 64 was an amazing computer one of the first computers to come out with 64k of ram as its base amount of memory which was an insane amount of memory for this point in time um, really good amount of colors on screen, really good um, music, again, sprite hardware, incredible games that could be played on this thing as well as being a computer. Um, this was a picture of my computer. This was the book. This book here is how I learned oh, how to template. program the computer. And I just had I was, to, I just found I stuff like on eBay. I was Googling an, pictures an of the Cocoa. I really didn't You didn't like have an math. actual Cocoa. No. No. What's that keyboard template? I don't know. Master key, available. if I remember. I was interested, but then I was told, for doing shortcut you know what, of keyboards for basic uh, and in stuff. a computer class, you got to be good at math. And then all of a sudden I was turned off because I hated math. Math was my least favorite subject. So I never took a class, but like everything I've done with computers, I'm pretty much self-taught. I got one. I learned how to use it. I absorbed it and just got better over time. So this book right here, Getting Started with Color Basic, and look at the little picture of a little friendly dude, you know, a little smiley, happy computer. This was very easy to read, very easy to understand. It was step by step, and I learned how to program basic. I learned how to program a computer. I was actually it's still one of the best basic manuals ever written oh, yeah. for any platform oh, over time by doing manual. this. So why did they call this computer? I didn't the, even the know template idea was pretty all good, wasn't it? Could yeah. Generate color at this the point. One time, good thing was went out of its way to say, "Hey, this yeah. is a color computer." Yep. Well, here's a little picture. Here's a little reason why. Um, These are two different IT advertisements from some Radio Shack computer systems. Historically, Radio Shack's also been in the computer game for a long time, but their computers were not. Have you guys seen enough of this? Computer. Have you seen enough or call asparagus enough or more? Do you get, do you get your game at some point? Uh, or? Let's see. I was yeah. I'm this is, this is me talking about the cocoa, and again, I didn't know anything about it, so I had to Google all these pictures. That was a picture of me and my first cocoa, uh, talking about adventure games, just finding different pictures, talking about stuff. This was my second. This was my white cocoa, um, and then um, talking so you're about calling the different, asparagus on yourself. Yeah, uh, <laughs> talking about the different models, and then this is yes. So technically. This right here, bonus clip, first game I ever owned, Caterpillar Attack, Tom Mix Software. So this was this would become the template for my early Coco video games. And so um, a lot of my Play early... that part. We can hear your witter. Yeah, roll it. It was, it was very quick. It was literally really, really quick. So we'll try that right now. We have a masochist in the chat. So thank you for roll watching, time. and I'll see you all next time. Peace out. So this is Caterpillar Attack. This, and I'm moving a little dude around. Now I see here that one of my caterpillar heads is stuck in a mushroom. That's a cool feature. Let me see if I can get you out, dude. Spiders move. Here's a little preview 
of what color computer games look like. This was my first one that I owned. It wasn't the first one I played because I used to play them in the store all the time. I would go to the store and hang out and play the games there. But this was the first game I owned on my first computer. So your Coco already had a... How did you do this? How did you do this technically? Uh, emulator. It brings back a lot of memories oh, for okay. me. So I hope you enjoyed yeah, that review. I'm looking forward to seeing how many people are interested in seeing this series about this classic nostalgic computer and what these cool, interesting games from the 80s Pretty look good. like. And play it live. So if you like it and you want to see more, subscribe. So how much how much feedback did you get on that first video, Stevie, at the time? And leave a comment and tell me what you want to see next. Um, well, I'm still getting comments on that video today. Uh, what did I get originally? Honestly, I don't remember because that was six years ago, and I don't feel like pulling it up right now. Um, but there there's been a fair amount of feedback, and like I say, I still get I still get comments on that video today. If somebody will come across that and find it, so yeah, that was my first computer too. So. Um, you know, the, the thing, the thing is, is that when I started this journey of doing Coco videos, I, I knew nothing but what I could remember, you know, and, um, the thing that I've learned is that even though I think we all felt like we were pretty savvy, even a lot of us were kids back then, but we just all felt like really informed. Like I knew what, I knew what was in my computer. I knew it had a Motorola processor. I didn't know what the hell that meant, but I knew it had that, you know what I mean? I knew I knew it had certain limitations. I didn't know the technology, but I knew that Coco didn't have sprites. Coco didn't have hardware scrolling. Coco didn't have sound chips. And so I knew that if there was a game on the Coco and it looked as good as a game on the Atari, that whoever did that was a badass because they knew how to make that machine do things that technologically it wasn't supposed to be able to do. I knew that much, even as a kid, and I had a, a profound appreciation for that. You know, um, you felt like you were the underdog when you owned a Coco because all the cool kids had the Ataris and the Apples and the Commodores. And so it was like Battle of the Nerds. Who's the biggest nerd? I'm a bigger nerd than you are because I've got a better computer. My computer can kick your computer's butt type stuff, you know. Um, and so you always felt like you were already in this underclass. Uh, you know, when you're in the bottom of the nerd ladder, it, that's pretty. That's a pretty low place to be when you got three rungs of nerds above you peeing on you. Um, but it, it, I always had an, I always had an appreciation for what the computer was, and more importantly, what these people did. Like people that nobody ever heard of before became celebrities. Like I, to me, the name Steve Bjork, he was like one of the original rock stars. You know, every game he ever made, I never met him, didn't know who he was, what he looked like, but I just imagine this guy is like freaking, you know, David Lee Roth. He's just the, the Coco Rock. There was a certain people and companies and names that were just synonymous with making awesome games. And, and so I felt like I knew a lot as a kid. I knew how to program. So I felt I was fairly tech savvy, but I realized that um, I, I, there's so much I had zero clue of and I continue to learn. And that's what I love about hanging around everybody is I, I glean pieces of knowledge on hardware and circuitry. And I never would have known what a DAC was, a six-bit DAC and, you know, and this and that and the other and a PIA and all this other crap. That's stuff I wouldn't have known about. And I, I'm certainly not an expert, but I, I have a deeper understanding. And that has come to me in the past five, six years between listening to podcasts and talking to other people and things like that. You know, I have uh, I'm, I'm a lot more educated. By no means an expert in any one area, but I feel like I'm a lot more informed. Um, and uh, I love the machine, and I continue to appreciate it. You know, um, but yeah, it was it was interesting when I made that video. So 
Yeah, and then in that video, that was that was before you really knew much at all about the Coco Three because you got yeah. out of the Coco market before they came out, so you had no idea yeah. you know, how much yeah. advanced it was, etc. Yeah, the, yeah, learning. I I have a whole new respect for the Coco because I think the last thing I said in that video was, yeah, well, there was a Coco One, there was a Coco Two, and then later on they released a Coco Three, and the only thing I remember different was it had sixteen colors, but you know everybody had sixteen colors, so who cares, right? That's kind of like that was my only thought I could say about the Coco Three, you know, and that's just from my own experience. I remember not being blown away by the Coco Three when it first. Came out because honestly, uh, some of the first generation games were not totally amazing. Even though they had more colors, they seemed kind of slow. It I just wasn't wowed by the first wave of Coco software, you know. Uh, and then I that's when I got my Tandy 1000 and kind of moved on and hadn't looked back. So um, my initial impression of the Coco 3, other than it looking cool and having a really awesome monitor, eh, meh, yeah. So, um, but I, now I know the stuff that's continuing to be done on it. It is, a Coco 3 is an amazing, amazing machine, you know, next to the MC-10, of course, so. Uh, uh, so this was before Predator came out. No, oh, yeah, really? Really? Um, so yeah, that was, that was literally my first Coco video. I've got over 200 um, gameplay videos that I've done, probably closer to 300, and you know, and it's all, it's all part of history, right? Um, so, Cool. Any any other thoughts on that? Or we want to move on to favorite memories. Well, I can tell you, uh, back in the day before, long before I joined you guys, I was searching for YouTube videos on Coco because I was feeling nostalgic for it. And uh, so first, sorry, Stevie. First, I came across Mar Martin Lee or Marvin Marlin, Lee. Marlin, 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 Marlin Lee. He's a legend. So I found his videos and I watched. Today. <laughs> I watched a bunch of those mm -hmm. and I was looking for more. And that's when I found yours and I started watching those. And then, uh, you know, shortly afterwards is when I, I found you guys and, and, and the rest is history. But yeah, so your videos were definitely pivotal to me, you know, finding you guys and and being part of the community so thank you yeah some of the things i remember too was being a little bit critical without knowing some reasons why like i remember looking at like robot what was a color robot attack one of the image producer games and i was like yeah you know this one really was this was not the best berserk clone the coco had it's kind of low res it's kind of simple and so i was being a little critical of it compared to a game that required 16k and so, so i didn't know like some of the hardware limitations of the machine. Like, you know, this was designed for the first generation Cocoa that only had 4K and you had to squeeze in the program and your graphics screen. The graphics screen takes 1.5K of memory because there is only one bucket of memory and it has to be used for everything, for the code, the variables, and the screen, right? And all your sound data and everything. It's all got to fit in one bucket. And I didn't understand that. So I was just like, yeah, this one kind of sucked. You know, I was like, being like, this one kind of sucked. You know, pinball really sucked and this game sucked. And, you know, and so I was being kind of critical, um, just comparing them to, you know, games that would come out years later. You know, it's like any platform, the longer it's around and the more people get to learn it and push it, they get better. You know, like you look at any game system, look at games, the first wave of Atari games made by Atari, first party titles were all, you know, blinking squares, variations of blinking squares on the screen. And then you got like, iMagic and Activision that really pushed that envelope because they got had time to learn the, the platform. So that's true for all all vintage systems, you know. But so I remember being a little critical, not understanding things, and then obviously not always having my facts right. And I had games I didn't even know how to play the games when I was recording them. And, that's when uh, my comments. Yeah, happening. you know, I didn't even know what I was doing or what the goal was or anything. So yeah, I could I can look <laughs> back with great humility and embarrassment on uh, probably the first year of my Coco gameplay videos. But listen, it's part of history, right? So you got to suck 
a lot just to gradually suck a little less each day. You know, and my my goal is to do that every day, suck a little less than the day before. So yeah. Harry Steam um, now mentions he's found yeah. Coco Tuck because he saw you playing Balloon Fire on one of your game videos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I found a few that I played that were Terry Steen games before I knew who Terry Steen was. Um so yeah, that's cool. So yeah, the uh, that's uh, that's what started me on this journey, and that's what I think ultimately got us all on this same show together. So it's been it's been pretty awesome. Um, any other thoughts or comments, opinions on that before we move on to? Stevie was making history and making memories. <laughs> making history and making memories. Yeah, it's true. I mean, when you think about it now, and I and I and when I when I think this and when I say this, I know it can kind of sound. Um, Kind of, I don't know, whatever. But um, I think we are making future history right now because we uh, all we're doing, all we've been doing is we've been celebrating the past. We've been celebrating a machine from 1980, so we're celebrating previous history. But there's so much new history that's been made in the past five, six years with new hardware and new software and and all these these events and all these shows and everything like that. So I think we continue to make new history every single day, every single week, you know, with all the new games. It's hard to imagine all the new games that have come out in the past six years and, and the things that people are making the Coco do now that, you know, we got one of the guys is on this panel right now, Nick Morentes. You know, he's made some incredible games, you know, especially starting off like Popstar Pilot, where he's making the Coco look like uh, uh, an Amiga, you know, and uh, it's just how do you do it? And, you know, there are people who have the time and the patience and the talent to do that. And it just makes you appreciate the machine more. And it makes you appreciate the people who spend the time pushing that envelope and creating these quality experiences for us. So I think we're going to continuously make new history. So we're celebrating the past and we're, we continue to kind of forge the future. And I'm really proud to be part of this whole ride, you know. Yep, it's helped encourage an active community, not just a community of nostalgia. It's not just about remembering everything, although we do a lot of that as well. But it's also, you know, pushing the machine to the limits and, and, and doing new things, discovering new ways of doing things, et cetera. Like, who yeah, ever thought I, we would have distributed Coco games on an SD card? Yeah, or right. Or CD-ROM. Right. Or digital downloads, you know, through the itch.io and things like that, you know. And we're not that far away from being able to download these digital things straight to our Coco because Coco networking is, is within our reach, you know. So, yeah, Todd Wallace just released, he's, he's got it up on Discord there, uh, a utility uh, that will actually get the live weather for your location on the Coco. Wow. Man. It, yeah. it can actually melt a cassette <laughs> with, with speed. With speed. That's right. Yeah, we have now, we're pushing the speed of tape to like 200 times its original um, design. You know, so we're having to come up with uh, thermal dampeners and things like that to help insulate <laughs> the temperature of these things so we don't burn them up. So, um, yeah. So, Boat, you were trying to say something here? Yeah, yeah. You know, the thing that I love about this show is, first of all, I never have anything going on on Saturday afternoons. So this this has been a perfect way for me to spend every Saturday afternoon learning more about something I love. But the thing that I, I like about this community is, like, you know, I just joined the call maybe about a month ago. You know, I've been watching for forever, but I just thought I'd take it. And, and nobody gave me a test. Nobody was like, well, you know, you're not really – uh, you know, a Coco, a big enough Coco fan to actually be on the call. You'd be, you'd be, you're fine in the chat, but let's not have you on here. You know, it, it, you guys are we just totally, screener. yeah, yeah. And so I really appreciate that because I think a lot of communities, you know, they only want the experts that are actually on the call. And the fact that I don't really know anything about the Coco, I just love the Coco, and and I was able to join the call and take part in the conversations. That that really means a lot. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So you said you had nothing going on on Saturdays. Yeah. 
Also, yeah, I have nothing everyone else. Uh, you know, that, uh, neither do we. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, it's right in. It is. It is a commitment, and most of us should be committed. But um, we're here. Um, now, you, you guys have been awesome. We're here. Yeah, and and I can say I feel like I'm over the past six years. I've become a lot more informed. I'm much more understanding of the hardware. I'm not an expert, but I feel competently comprehensive of of many pieces of this system now where I just continue to appreciate it. You know, I'll never say I'm the guy who knows everything about anything, but uh, I, I think collectively we've all um, shared enough knowledge and cross pollinated enough information where if you hang around long enough, you will get to know things pretty well. It just uh, through osmosis, you know, and that's kind of what's been how I could talk about being a sponge, right? It's been a great six years sponging knowledge and, and experiences and information from everybody on, on in the community, you know, so that's been kind of cool. And one of my favorite parts of the show in the community in general is, is the interactivity, especially on, on Cocoa Talk here, where it's it's live. You can get people on the panel who have, you know, not that experience with Cocoa, like like Boat or, or Stevie at the beginning of his videos. <laughs> or or you get, you know, tons of people in the chat and we actually do interact with them. And one of the big pluses of the show is the interactivity. It, it's not just, you know, a playing like a TV set and you just you passively right, consume right. the content. You actually get involved whether you get on the panel or not. And that, 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 that was something that I... I tried to help push at the beginning myself personally because i've been watching twit and some of the cnet shows where they had active chat rooms while the show and, and the hosts would respond to it so you felt like you're part of the show yeah even if you're not yeah. literally on and i think that's a big plus for us absolutely it's more like the user groups of old where yeah. you go to the user group and and and, and, and so for those who aren't aware when we say coco coco is a broad spectrum term that's describing a lot of machines right the tandy color computer one two and three we're talking about the MC-10, we're talking about the Alice, we're talking about the Dragon, we're talking about Brazilian clones. There's a lot of things that follow under the generic blanket term of Coco because they're all related somehow, right? So even though we call the show Coco Talk, uh, and there has been some great running gags on Nitrous 9 and the MC-10 and stuff. We, it's, it's all family, right? And, yeah, it's okay to make fun of your relatives, right? You know, I know my wife makes fun <laughs> of me all the time. I make fun of my kids, you know. So just because you're making fun of something doesn't mean it's not part of your family. doesn't mean you don't love it. But, uh, honestly, the MC-10... Uh, while that was a fun running gag for a while, the whole doorstop thing, uh, we have seen hands down how amazing that machine is with all these added hardware things like the MCX32 and the um, MCX128. And in and, and that community, the MC10, like Jim Gary is like the, uh, the superhero of the MC10 community. He's done so much stuff. And again, it's like inspiration, right? So one person will start doing something, somebody else will see that, and then they'll get inspired, and then somebody else will get inspired from that. So I just see this inspiration as just been this giant snowball. And the more time goes on, the bigger the snowball gets, and the bigger the community gets, and the bigger the inspiration gets, and the more things that happen all the time now it's like i keep thinking when when is it going to end and at this point i'm thinking it won't it just won't right so the um the coco nucleus has just it continues to expand this is the big bang and the universe continues to grow the coco universe will, will just never stop um and it's really been exciting to be at that nucleus the, the new the renaissance the coco renaissance that started around 2015 you know um and i think the future yeah. is so boundless at this point and I want to read a couple of comments. Uh, ben Drake's Explore VR in the chat says, we haven't pushed the Cocoa to its limits yet. There are more innovations to come, I'm sure. A brain interface, for instance, so I can control <laughs> buzzer bait with my mind. Here's to the future. <laughs> and he's one of the ones literally doing that because he has his whole VR system set up to hook up with you know the Dragon and Cocoa stuff. And he's played like Gate Crasher and Phantom Slayer and yeah. Android yeah. using it, which is awesome. 
Uh, Tom Eric Gunderson says, I really like seeing how Simon Jonasson and others are still pushing where the Coco can go with all the sound and graphics trickery. It's exactly true, too. Simon's done some incredible demos. He's got a game in development. I mean, he's, he's you know experimenting with it. Nick Marendis has done some of the same things. It's just there, there's a lot of people pushing pushing the limits, and it's it's amazing to see. If we'd had that knowledge back in the day, how much more successful would the Coco have been you know, compared with some of the other 8-bits? But, I mean, I, I guess you can literally say it about all the 8-bits because everybody's, you know, when you have the time to settle down and actually, you know, play with the hardware right to its utmost, you can push it way beyond people that were trying to hit deadlines back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been, yeah, and it's hearing hearing firsthand or secondhand sometimes just the, some of the histories um, from people who were there, as Lisa, as they recall it, because, you know, time can sometimes um, change reality from what we remember to what it was. But still, even hearing a secondhand account that's 90% accurate from somebody who was there, uh, is still pretty good, you know, um, and and uh, yeah, it's been really neat. It's 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 just and as I mentioned in my little clip there at the end of uh, Extractus Productions stuff, there um, one of the things I'm proudest about on here is the interviews we've been able to do with like the image producers and Steve York and stuff. And the one I'm proudest of is we actually got a chance to you know get on tape, you know, some of the stories from uh, Dale Lear before yeah. he is untimely passing. Yeah. So I'm I'm really proud that we did that. Yeah, yeah, and Simon Jonasson was one of the ones too. Simon Jonasson um, and Lee Patterson were some of the first wave of new Coco games. So Lee Bouncy Ball came out at the 2016 Coco Fest, and Simon had helped Lee do that. Simon's been like a champion and, and uh, just a community um, helper all along. A mentor. A mentor. That's a good word for it. Yeah. And so we had an interview with Simon and Lee Patterson a long time ago. We've talked to like John Strong and and. Um, and uh, Alan Huffman on some of the stuff that they've been collaborating on and stuff. So, yeah, it's been really neat to not only talk to the people from the old days of Coco, but to be able to talk to the people of the new days of Coco as well. There's, like, multiple generations of uh, creative geniuses going on here. Um, so, cool. All right, well, we're going we're gonna to roll the, the, the next clip, which is the um, Coco Memories montage, which is a compilation of user-submitted content and some more of my rambling and babbling and um mics will be open feel free to comment if you need me to pause rewind anything like that uh, we'll keep it going and thanks everybody for being here this has been great you know just being able to reminisce and uh all that kind of good stuff so let's go ahead and roll coco memories hey guys it's steve strobridge and for better or for worse i am the responsible party for the show you are watching today otherwise known as coco talk and it's been a really interesting journey and as we're celebrating um our 200th episode as we are in our fourth year of doing this and as we've just achieved so many things i, I thought one of the things i would like us to do today would be to um just kind of share some of our favorite memories uh, Coco generic memories could be about the show, could be about anything that's happened in the community the past four years. All right, we're rolling. You say whatever you want yeah, to say, I David. Good morning, Coco Land. This is Brian Schubring with Music Man here at the Coco Fest. Having fun fixing issues and making things roll and making lots of sound. Have a great day, guys. So what are some of my favorite Coco Talk moments? Wow, it's been almost four years. We've been doing this for almost 200 episodes, 200 episodes now. One of my favorite Coco Talk moments? Good morning, it's the last day of Coco Fest. And we're excited to be here, even on this last day. 
and it's uh, sad in a way, but it's happy in another way that we're only 365 days from the next one. <laughs> so uh, glad to have met Stevie Stroh in the flesh, and uh, hope to meet a lot more of you next time. But until then, let's have fun. started YouTube with my kids to do Minecraft videos initially, but I knew I was going to do retro videos. I did some stuff on emulators. I did some MAME stuff. I did some like old console games, and I said, you know what? I'm going to do some Coco stuff, but before I do that, I'm going to have to make a video explaining to the world what a color computer is, because nobody's going to know. Nobody's going to remember, right? It was such an obscure thing. Probably first up would be December 2019 when I joined the Discord. Wasn't really sure about it when I joined, but all the kids seemed to be doing it, and people were saying that there was a lot of uh, interactivity and content. Wasn't really sure. So why not give that a shot? Turned out to be a pretty great idea. Um, I guess my big claim to fame is that I've been here since episode one. I was so uh, so glad to join when Stevie put out the call for people to, to uh, uh, run up to Coco Fest in 2017. And uh, I wanted to go, but uh, there wasn't any way I could do it, but I could at least join and talk about it. And uh, been here pretty much every time since. Hi there, this is Mark Overholzer, and you're watching Coco Talk, the world's leading weekly talk show where you can join in. Hey, come watch us and see what's happening in the world of Coco. And don't miss next year's Coco Fest. My second thought would probably be the first time I participated in uh, Nick Marota, Nick Marota, Nick Marota's game on challenge uh, generally pretty terrible at games so I didn't really think I would ever bother but it turned out to be a lot of fun and I've found a lot of new games that I enjoy through that and uh, it's a great community you know, this is a community has been built that's uh, more than just meeting once a year people that meet online and share ideas and content and and we talk and uh, we have uh, Coco Talk and get together. Um, another memory would have to be, of course, when I invaded the Coco Talk panel itself after Stevie convinced me to be on the panel rather than just snark everyone from the YouTube chat. Uh, and so the first Coco video I did back in 2015 was a little kind of PowerPoint presentation explaining what it's a color well computer Steve. was. What were the times like hey, back no then? Brian you Joyce. Know, the origin of the old <laughs> arcade games and, and, and some of the old home computers and things like that. So I thought I would kind of set the stage and provide some context for a series of color computer game videos that I started doing back in 2015. Then, of course, there was April's Coco Fest virtual celebration. Since no one could get together for the real thing, it was... Uh, Pretty amazing to see that done as a tribute. A ton of great presentations there. Really the highlight of the year. And little did I know what um, would come from that, right? And so I kind of look at YouTube. Coco on YouTube is kind of like a mirroring of like Coco was for my life because I don't think my story is different than a lot of other people. 
where uh, most of us would say the fact that we got into our TRS-80 or our Tandy machines, it kind of shaped a path we took in life, be it our career, our interests, and things like that. So for better or worse, I think a lot of people think could say the Coco made them or made who or influenced who they are, who they would become. That was certainly true for me in my career. And it also became true in YouTube because while, yes, I did have a pretty good following doing Minecraft and other things, um, doing Coco on YouTube kind of made me on YouTube. And that really got discovered by the community. And a lot of things happened that I never really would have expected. And probably my last interesting moment or memory would be the first time Curtis unexpectedly called me as uh, a news link rather than just being on the panel. I wasn't really expecting any of that, and I wasn't really ready for it, and I'm pretty sure it showed, but that was kind of an interesting moment. Anyway, congratulations and fantastic, and uh, thank you for your leadership, Stevie, and also thank the rest of us too because I know we all make it up um, as we go yeah something like that anyway thank you let's hope for another 200 more so congratulations Coco Talk on 200 awesome episodes looking forward to the next 200 long live the Coco family I'd say probably all-time favorite was watching Stevie Strobridge react to Nick Morenti's reacting to <laughs> what may have been the first sort of mockumentary, the uh, OS9 Ease of Use commercial starring Nick Marionettes. Uh, you know, uh, Steve, Stevie was laughing so hard at Nick laughing that it was just, it, it, was, it was quite the moment. It was infectious. Can you hear it? Good day, mates. This is Nick Marionettes. Author of Crikey. such color computer We'd never titles heard or saw this before, so this was like first time reaction. Rhymes and Rockstar Pilot. <laughs> and I am face. here today to tell you about the world's most Fest fabulous too. operating system, <laughs> OS9. <laughs> OS9 and its current incarnation, Nitrous 9, is the most advanced operating system ever created. And what makes it so good? Ease of use. <laughs> I find OS9 so incredibly intuitive that I haven't once cracked open the user manual. And yet I've been able to create such incredible games faster than the time it takes to sing Walsing Matilda. Using OS9, I expect my next game, Funstar, will be done this weekend and distributed exclusively on ROM cartridge. OS9 forever. Any resemblance to actual events to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Crikey. <laughs> like, I didn't know there was a community. I didn't know anybody knew about this machine or remembered this machine. And some of my earliest, fondest memories and kind of these wow and pinch me moments were um, making a video on a game and then sometime later getting a comment from the author of that game and I was like oh my god I can't believe you know insert game designers name here just commented on my video and said thank you for doing this video and everything else and and I was just like blown away I'm like wow I never would have imagined this so that was some of my first um, kind of wow moments <laughs> You know, that might have been my favorite, but in more recent times, 
my most recent favorite moment has to do with uh, 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 communication I got from Rick Adams. He invited me to work on a project that him and Nick Morota were working on. Uh-oh. It was another sort of mockumentary of sorts, so I was all in. And when it was broadcast, of course, it wasn't immediately obvious what the clip was about, but the uh, the person it was aimed at, in a very loving manner, of course, was there. And when uh, watching Ken Rygard's reaction to the Nightmare Highway song, when he realized it was about him and his game, he was... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for doing this, Bruce. Got some time to kill. Might play a little Zaxxon. You bet. Ken's in the top right. Might yeah. Double back to play a little Temple of Rome. Dungeons of Daggereth. Color baseball. But none can hold a candle to the greatest of them all. Nightmare Highway. <laughs> 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 sure, I love my sailor man and firefall. Go on a rampage for some super pitfall. Shanghai me into a game of rogue or demon attack. But sooner or later, you know I've got to come back. Nightmare Highway. It's got a road, and it's got a car. Dodge the furniture, and you'll be a pop star. Well, okay, maybe I just stick to the facts. To tell this truth, this game really ain't all that. Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. I used to bow to the donkey king grabber and cash man used to be my thing mega bug buzzard bait sea dragon too but none of those can satisfy me much as you do nightmare highway now this video was made by ken afterwards yes and this nightmare is really highway Furniture. A lot of rogue furniture out there. Great we'll ukulele work there. Oh, thank you. Ladies That's why I take the toll road when I go to Coco Fest. The world premiere of There's no the love in those love seats, that I can tell you. That will never get unstuck from your head. Ken Reichert, what are your reactions to hearing that? I, 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 what I was saying is I'm kind of speechless and flattered that anyone would, uh, would uh, do a song about that. this little game that I made just... Shouldn't we be giving thanks to the uh, car wreck that started this? Terry Steen. It all starts with Terry Steen, of course. Right. Yes. Yes. So. And, and that and that rogue furniture that some 
Jack Wagon in Southeast Ohio yeah. led on the highway. Yeah. Jack, Jack Wagon is the perfect description. Yep. Yeah. And he's in the chat too, so he can chime in too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, just... that's the irony of it all is that the video game was inspired by real life events, and now the, the song was inspired by the video game. I've become a big fan of the ukulele in my years in this community, too. So. <laughs> now listen to my story about a man named Stevie Stroh. OG making videos about the Tandy Coco. Playing lots of games, having loads of fun. The only problem was he couldn't get past level one. He wasn't that good. Well, the next thing you know, his audience it grew. So Stevie got to thinking, I know what I'm gonna do. I'll get some folks together, we can talk about Coco Fest. And Coco Talk was born, and now you know the rest of the story. 200 episodes, there's no accounting for taste. We're sorry. When I didn't feel like recording the video, I'd say, oh, that was awesome, Nick. Stream it. That was just wing it. And, um, Thank kind you. of play some games and do these marathons. So I did a number of these kind of live stream marathons many, many years ago. And in the process of doing that, again, met some of the um, authors, especially some of the newer authors um, like John Strong and Nick Morentes and a few other people that would like join the video stream and start chatting while we're playing these games. And while I'm playing these games, I'm like, oh my God, I have never heard of Nick Morentes, but here I am playing his game and here he is chatting on my game and I'm John Strong's talking to me and all these people. And so I was just like, wow, that's really cool. And that, those kind of live streams and, and, and kind of meeting people kind of fed into um, then like the whole series of interviews. And there's like a good half a dozen to a dozen interviews that we did um, before Coco Talk uh, the first one being Curtis Boyle. Uh, Curtis was one of the early people to find my videos on YouTube and start commenting and and helping me get facts straight and get, you know filling in some blanks in my recollections Delam. and all kinds of stuff. So he became yeah. a great resource. And through developing that kind of relationship, we finally reached out and he said, "Hey, you know, I'd love to talk to you and show you some stuff." And we did an interview where he showed me all these cool game controllers that he had. So he was kind of my first um, interview. I've never done anything like that before. Um, they'd get to interview John Linville from the Coco Crew podcast, who was the first person to do any type of um, Coco broadcasting or Coco media. Um, and uh, I got to meet him and speak to him, met him at Coco Fest, interviewed him, got to talk to him about some of his games he was making, like Farfall and stuff like that. Uh, legendary game designer Rick Adams, our first big celebrity legendary interview was Rick Adams. Hi, this is Rick Adams, and I'm the author of uh, Temple of Bronze, Shanghai, and now Bomb Threat, and you're listening to Steve Stroke on Coco Talk. That was great, meeting Rick and still knowing Rick all these years. Rick lined up an interview with us with Dale Lear, which was a great interview and um, kind of somber one too because unfortunately Dale passed you know a year or so after we did that interview so I'm glad I got to meet him virtually at least and I'm glad we have some of those memories 
saved for for um, for historic for historical purposes and stuff. You know, we got to um, talk to the image producers who were some of the um, the literal pioneers of making some of the software for the color computer, the early games uh, when the computer wasn't even finalized yet. But these guys were working on a prototype of the Coco, making some of the first programs to ever to be released for the Coco to kind of talk to them. That was really cool. Uh, we got to talk to Chris Latham, who made Donkey King and Sailor Man. Um, moving forward into some of the bigger stars, you know, people like Ken Reichert and Terry Steen. This is Ken Reichert, author of Nightmare Highway. Hi, I'm Terry Steen, author of Balloon Fire and other amazing games on the color computer. It's talking to Simon Jonasson and Lee Patterson, some of the first wave of new Coco games that were coming out. John Strong and Alan Huffman did a great interview with them. Hi, this is the award-winning Alan Huffman of Subbeat the Software. Hey, I'm John Strong, the author of Bomb Squad. We got to speak to Sockmaster about uh, doing all the Donkey Kong ports and the remastered and remixes versions. It's spoken to Tim Lindner many times over the years. Hi, I'm Tim, and you're watching Coco Talk Live. And I'm playing Daggereth online like that idiot from the book. We even got to talk to um, Jerry Buckner of Buckner and Garcia um, of Pac-Man Fever fame. So there was a lot of these interviews that we were just kind of one-offs that we had done that completely blew my mind. Um, on top of that, you know, uh, I learned about Cocoa Fest. Once I learned there was a Cocoa community and I learned about Cocoa Fest, I went to my first Cocoa Fest in 2016 and met real people, real coconuts, and, and really got my first sense of like, wow, there's people out there who are really into this. And so meeting a lot of people in person was great. And that was 2016, and I've been to four Cocoa Fest since. I found out about the, the uh, first one there. Uh, I've gone to the first ever Tandy Assembly, another great event. Uh, I got to go to VCF Midwest for the first time in 2019. And all these events where you go to in person and you get to meet people in person, that whole weekend of hanging out with Kindred Spirits. Got to meet is, Simon Jonasson at Coco Fest. amazing. Hi, this is Max Jackson live from Coco Fest. And you listen to The Real Gamer, Steve Schroh. Hey, this is Eric, and you're listening to Coco Talk. Hi, this is Sean Wheatley, and you're listening to Coco Talk with the original gamer, Stevie Stroh. Um, of course, all of this has been kind of feeding into Coco Talk that we've been doing for the past four years. And a lot of people have helped make this show what it is. And so I'm thankful for um, some people who have really been here and helped kind of move it into better directions and higher levels of quality and stuff. So I've got a lot of the show content and segment producers to thank. Like, uh, I got to start off with thanking Samuel Gimes for all of his Cocoa Thoughts because that's really taken the show out of the stratosphere. And now, Cocoa Thoughts by Samuel Gimes. If you're using your color computer in Quebec and it stops working, is it now a cocoa won't do? <laughs> we reached escape velocity and we were able to leave the planet Earth and make our way to the stars thanks to Samuel Gimes. Rob Inman has done a lot of hosting. He's done great, created great commercials and content for our show. Baby, there's something I need to talk to you about. But now, everything is such a struggle. And <laughs> if I'm being honest, you're really starting to show your age. Can I get the check, please? Break up with 512K. 
Use two megabytes now with Nitros 9, Ease of Use Edition. Ken Reichert has created all these great fake Australian commercials. Tired of switching your joystick between the left and right port? Want to change between different controllers? Well, Joey has got you covered. The Joey Controller Switch. D. Bruce Moore has done so much. He's given us two theme songs. He's created so many um, games and media and entertainment for the Coco community. It's just uh, absolutely amazing. Hi, I'm Bruce Moore, and this is Jacob Moore. Gotcha. And we are the Forest of Doom guys and the Coco Forever guys, and we are Coco Fest. And we love Stevie Stroh. Uh, Darren Ottery, Daz, who did Blue Monday for us on our virtual Coco Fest. That was absolutely oh, that amazing. Was awesome. And Brian Joyce, who uh, within our first year of doing Coco Talk, had already kind of figured out the pulse of this show and created all kinds of content for us, funny clips, created some best of episodes. And so early on, Brian Joyce was one of the first people to start seeing what was going on here and creating all this value-added stuff for us. ESP 8266-01 RS232 TTL Wi-Fi Network 4-pin DIN Fitbanger DB9 PC IP DriveWire 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 Oh, I'm much happier breaking stuff. Paul Thayer gave us an incredible theme song. Curtis Boyle's been here from the beginning, and he's done a lot. He's been here, um, and now he's like our main news guy, and so he's done so much. Nick Marotta, uh, who's handling the Game On segment now for over a year, probably one of the most popular segments of the show. I really appreciate him just owning that and, and, and treating it so well. Hi, it's Curtis Boyle, part of the uh, Coco Talk crew of people. Watching Coco Talk, the world's leading weekly video podcast. Um, Nick Marentes, who has basically, anytime he's had a new game in the past four years, we've debuted that game on this show, going back to Popstar Pilot and then Gunstar and then um, Pipes and Rally SG, all these games that he's been making, he's debuted them on our show, which was just a real honor for that to happen. also given us so many great segments and he's influenced um, the quality and the professionalism of the show. He's given us great segments like Core Dump and our original Game On talking about game development. Why did Tandy do that? So many things that um, Nick Morentes has given us. Hi, it's Rondell Vaux, Timberman, and this is Coco Talk. Rondell Vaux came in here and just started talking about his collection in the Ron's Garage segment and watching Ron's uh, videos from his early... Um, club meetings and things like that. Uh, Alan Huffman has given us all kinds of musical zingers and has been around from from uh, day one, all kinds of cool sound bites. Mark Bosley being the host with the most, like, you know, Mark Bosley has streamed this show, I don't know how many different times. And um, one of the greatest honors was to be able to meet Steve Bjork both through the show and uh, in person. And uh, Steve became a pretty regular part of the show, gave us a great, um, segment on how to program an assembly language teaching me and other people and creating this 
um, tutorials for, for forever. And um, he really helped us raise the bar and what the show looks like and how we run the show. He just gave us so many great suggestions and uh, even co-hosted the show. And that was one of my most proudest moments when he co-hosted the show with Curtis Boyle. And, um, and it was just like another pinch me moment. Hello, I'm David Ladd. Thank you for watching Coco Talk, the world's leading live Coco Talk show. Speaking of co-hosts, we've had a number of them. I'm probably going to forget a few people as I go through all my thanks, but I think Grant Leedy was one of our first co-hosts, and then Rob Inman, and even Tom C. from Jersey co-hosted. Uh, Steve Bjork and Curtis Boyle have tag team hosting. Mark Bosley is uh, our, basically is almost moving from backup to primary host. He's hosting almost as often as I am. Nick Morota and David Ladd have guest um, hosted as well. Yeah. Hi, I'm Tim. Playing dagger is like that idiot from the book. <laughs> You're watching Coco Talk. And then in our 200 episodes, what have been some of my favorite? And of course, I'm going to forget someone or something. But uh, when we first started talking about the speech sound cartridge and MAME and how that was going to be emulated, that goes back to like episode 11 um, and, and meeting Tim Lindner. I met him at Coco Fest and he's been on the show many times. He's just a brilliant guy who's done so many amazing things for us. So I really enjoyed when he comes on and shares what he's got going on with us. The, the world premiere of Bomb Threat with Rick Adams, episode 17, Ron's Garage, Floppy Talk. Uh, which has become a recurring theme and running gag. Uh, Forest of Doom, great product that got released here. Paul Thayer's Timberman. We had a great episode talking about Brazilian clones. We had episode 49 became known as Serial Talk, and that's where the whole RS-232 TTL thing. Another great uh, Bruce Moore production, Coco Forever. We launched that around episode 62. Around episode 63, the assembly language series began. We got about a dozen lessons in assembly. Uh, we had some really great guests throughout the years, too. And again, I'm going to miss some or forget some, but Dennis Kitts of the mailing list and so many more things. Eric Critchlow. We interviewed Alan Battinger on episode 89, OS9 Forever. Frank Hogg. Uh, getting to meet Ben Drakes for the first time on the show, the guy who start, was doing these VR videos. That was really cool. Dale Puckett, uh, the, the debut of, of Gunstar on the show, meeting Marty Goodman. Um, uh, Fedor talking about the RMS system, which is something that never quite made it, but could have been something like a Coco 4 using Motorola chips. Uh, Coco Forever, we did a screening party where we invited people to watch the whole thing together. That was great. Uh, having the 8-bit guy on, meeting um, David and Danny O'Connor, and um, having um, having her play her Moog instruments on the show, or Moog as it's pronounced, live from Radio Shack. When Radio Shack reopened and rebooted, we, we had a live show from there. That was awesome. Paul Fiscarelli gave us Run Dino Run, a really cool game, and Timberbot, and so many other things. Oh Floyd Resler, Nick Morota's birthday, talking to Bill Pierce. <laughs> Um, episode 141 was our community celebration where we kicked off 2020 and just talked about all the cool things that were happening in the community through 2019. Meeting Christopher Mayhew, a.k.a. Reverend Fuzzy. Uh, we started our first Game On Challenge on episode 146. That was a year ago. Chris Hawks from Hawksoft. 
great moment. Our three-year anniversary is around episode 152. We um, get to talk to Erico for the first time and Darren Honoré for the first time, and that kind of fed into our virtual Cocoa Fest. Definitely the highlight of 2020 was episode 156, the virtual Cocoa Fest, and Darren Honoré really kicked off a really cool cover of Blue Monday being sequenced on color computers. Really oh, memorable uh, performance. Um, talking to Brett Gordon about Yados and his... Um, and his other uh, multiplayer game stuff that he's working on. We had the live SpaceX launch in episode 162, Space Talk, uh, uh, talking about the Cocoa Pie project as it's been going on. Episode 164 we did that was called Back to Cocoa, where we were just really addressing questions where somebody's getting back to the hobby for the first time. We had a show about that. The premiere of Rally SG, the premiere of Pipes, uh, Tom C's birthday, Glenn Dahlgren <laughs> from Sundog Systems. Episode 175, MIDI Talk. Uh, episode 176 through 180 brought us Septandy, and this is where we got to meet AC's 8-bit well, zone good job and reviewing, Canadian Steve. retro things and Dinty from Dinty's Hideaway and so many other people that we got to meet and talk to. Obviously, also meeting the, um, the Amigos Retro Gaming guys, great asset to the community. Episode 183, Rick Adams. We called this one, It Belongs in a Museum, where he just found all these Indiana Jones-type archives of all the stuff he did for Tandy and Activision and stuff like that. That was really cool. Um, getting to meet Dave Shadoff and, um, in AC's 8-Bit Zone, Canadian Retro Things. Somewhere along the line, too, I don't remember what episode it was, but uh, Paul Shoemaker's Dungeon Crawl we got to talk about. There's been so many cool things in the space of the MC-10 system, and there's a lot of people in that community doing stuff. All kinds of cool stuff going on in the Dragon World. Big scared you, didn't I? <laughs> hello there. It's me, Art Simone, and I'm here to say a big hello to original gamer Stevie Stroh. I don't know if that's how you pronounce your name, but I tried regardless. So um, if it's not, please insert the proper way to say it now. <laughs> now, I hope you're having a fabulous time. hope you're having a fabulous new year. Season's greetings, all of the above. Um, all the way from Melbourne to you, my darling. And, that's um, Nick's neighbor, by the way. on your talk show, Coco Talk. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so exciting. I don't think I'd ever be good at a talk show. I just don't have anything ever to say, ever. Just can never think of things to say. It's just it's no words ever come out of my mouth. It's just very embarrassing. I just, it just, well, she did really good for having nothing to say. <laughs> yeah. My darling, I hope you're having a fabulous day. From me to you, bye. Um, some extremely memorable moments involved some form of bodily function or movement, and so I don't remember the episodes, but the Bill Noble EMP will go down in history as a hugely memorable and humorous moment. Grant Leedy's literal live streaming on the air was great. Uh, Rick Adams' Nightmare Highway song was incredible. Uh, the fact that we've brought um, live and remote coverage from the past four Cocoa Fest, the past two to three Tandy assemblies that have happened, a handful of VCF Midwest events, and VCF West about a year ago. Um, I really want to say thanks to Mikey Furman and Mark Overholzer and Tim Linder and Rob Inman who set up a whole wing dedicated to the color computer and just brought it into the awareness of uh, an event and I'm, I'm sure a huge group of people that really weren't that aware of what the Cocoa was or what it was capable of and they just demoed so many things from Nitrous 9 to new games to ported games like the Pac-Man Pac and Donkey Kong transcodes and the Game Master cartridge and we just showed off so many of the um, capabilities of that machine really did the Coco and the Coco community proud. Those guys did an incredible job. And uh, I, I know I've forgotten things and I've forgotten people and I do apologize, but I could not conclude this without saying that without a doubt, 
my all-time favorite memory of my entire career of doing YouTube and Coco broadcasting in this show would have to be episode 66, the Rage Quit episode. And um, that's all I have to say about that. But I just want to thank everybody yes. who's been with Yes, I win. This <laughs> there you go. See? The they like you. They really like it you. It's been absolutely amazing <laughs> and rewarding. And more things have happened than I could have ever imagined. And I just want to thank everyone who has been a part of that. So I'm going to close this with that little famous clip, that moment, the almighty rage quit. Last episode of Gone Coco Talk. Right. Now Cocoa this Talk. week on Coco Talk, everybody else rage quits and leaves Steve hanging by himself. <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> Steve will be talking off some bloop, 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 bloop. Hanging out in the wind. You didn't look right. mad on screen, though, Steve. You just kind of looked around a bit. Look and at Nick with the short hair. That's pretty dreamy, Nick, there. <laughs> so it wasn't like you threw yeah. anything or anything. Do you like do you wanna, okay, do you want to see the very end of the video? Okay. Yeah. Yes, please. Okay. That'd be kind of funny. The interesting thing was is that if you're watching Stevie's camera down at the bottom, you can actually see him slowly start to melt down. Yeah. Well, you're gonna see him. In a I was watching it. I was like, uh oh, something's gonna happen. The voice and then the headphones came off, and then yeah. I was like, uh oh. You can see he's breathing heavy. Yeah. So right around here. Okay, so here's why I take the freaking headphones. <laughs> <laughs> Look how red his face is. <laughs> uh, when I when I hang up, I just hit a button, so it's not like I smashed anything or anything like that. But you can, like... you know, Steve's really thinking hard here. <laughs> He's like, what the hell? I know a video of Bill Bixby. Oh, here it goes. Here we goes. Here goes the headsets. Headsets is off at this point. <laughs> he's scratch. Oh, he's pissed. Uh, <laughs> oh, just, my brain was my brain was just gonna explode. That's all. Are you itchy? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this is when the rash started. Yeah, the steam is coming out. You can see it. <laughs> <laughs> Look how just watching you, you turn gray instantly or live. That's, uh... I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to animate some steam coming out of his ears. Yeah, right, brother. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even listening at this point. I, I don't have any place to pull to off. Credit so. where credit is due. <laughs> the last thing you see is me reaching over for the hang-up button. That's right. Yeah, you reached Oil over and boom, it's done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all Curtis's fault. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm a professor. Oh, hell no. <laughs> Hi, this is Antonio Jimenez. Greetings, YouTubers. Atari Leaf here. Hi, I'm Kieran Anscombe, author of XRAW. Hi, this is Dale Leader, designer of TRS 80 Color Baseball. Hi, this is Randy Kindig of the Floppy Days Podcast. Hi, this is Eddie Zerbinski from beautiful Quebec City. Hey everybody, this is Bill Noble, co-author of Nitrous 9. Hi, this is Ron Klein. I'm at the 2016 Coco Fest. Hi, it's Glenn Hewlett. I'm here at the Coco Fest 2017. This is Brett Gordon. Hi, my name is Brennan Donahue. I'm Evan Wright, author of Flooded for the Color Computer. Hi, this is Randy Weaver. This is Lee Patterson, author of Bouncy Ball. 
Hi, this is John Robbs. I'm at the Cocoa Fest. Something like that. You want to do it over? You want to, you want to do it over? All right. The world's leading weekly Cocoa Talk Show. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything. How about, hi, this is the David Ladd. The last day at Cocoa Fest. How sad are you? Or happy are you? I don't know. I'm just tired. <laughs> Thank you, David Ladd. Now get back up there for one second. Oh, jeez. What? 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 Let's, what? Let's get some drive wire, TTL, no. ESP. No, we don't need any drive wire or TTL. Ah, <laughs> oh, there it is. Ah. Oh. That's no Brian Joyce production, but I did what I did the best I could do there. Oh, it's like a documentary. That was really good. Uh, oh man, two hundred episodes of uh, of extreme mediocrity. Let's see if we can continue to lower the bar. Oh hey, that's remember great. when I, I have faith in us? <laughs> remember when I tried the limbo to, uh, of podcasts? Yeah, what's that, Rondova? Remember when I tried to broadcast a tape over the air to other people and it didn't work? Uh, well, we ended up doing, we did a C load M, I think at one point in time. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of interesting. That was weird. Yeah. There's uh yeah. Cause it's like when you, um, when you try to remember when there's so many things have happened and basically what I did is I just went through all the titles of the episodes. And if I was smart enough to put in the title, what, um, what was in there that helped me create my list. But there's so many titles where the title was just ambiguous and something awesome happened in that title. But then that would require me to have to watch 200 episodes and, and that's Brian Joyce's department. <laughs> but yeah, so I know we forgot people. Somebody else I wanted to mention too was um, uh, Joel M. Adams, who has created the uh, artwork, our Coco Talk logo, and the, some of our swag and merchandise um, were all done by Joel, who created those images, who is Joel Adams happens to be the son of Rick Adams, legendary game designer. And so Joel has created our logos for our swag shop. So I want to thank Joel for that. And, uh, and I think I also forgot to mention um, Greg Zumwalt. And I know there's a lot of people. It's not about just naming all the stars. It's just remembering the different specific interviews that we had. And, and I know there's, there's many, many more. Um, there's too many people to thank, too many people to remember. But I think it's kind of interesting. I didn't know what Brian was going to do. And I had my own idea of just having thankful memories. And it was neat to see earlier in the show people thanking me and kind of closing it with me thanking you guys. You know what I mean? So it's this kind of this whole thing here, which is really the uh, epitome of what we've been doing here. Right? We all have this circular kind of gratitude and appreciation for everything that we do. So that's you guys are what make this awesome. So I want to thank you guys, man. It's been it's been awesome. Yeah, it has. Never yeah. would have expected all this from that uh, first joystick controller special. Oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, like all of it is just not like, you know, who would have expected anything? Who who would have thought, you know, that the Cocoa would be alive and well in 2015, let alone 2021, you know? And we went from a world that looked like it was going to end to now a world that looks like it will never end. You know, as far as the what's going on with products and, and synergy and energy and momentum and everything else, it's just, it's really cool. It really is. And it's like, um, I think a lot of us have said, like, sometimes this is the thing we look forward to, is just doing the show or watching the show or being on the show. I can definitely say that for me, especially now since, um, co since COVID, you know, my day-to-days are so hectic with work that I barely have time to do anything recreational-wise. And so at least once a week, I can do something to forget about 
their regular stress of life and just relax. And speaking of Brian Joyce, look who's here, everybody. Brian freaking Joyce, man. Thank you so much, Brian. You're awesome, dude. That's right, mate. I had a great fun doing it. It's awesome. You are a true talent. And um, and thank you for that, man. That was very touching. And it was, and it was entertaining and, and just hysterical and fun, man. You're awesome. Thank you. Hardest and my condolences for having to listen to every single minute of Coco oh. Chanel. <laughs> How did you do that, really? How did you get all the... It's amazing. Well, I started on episode 182. I thought 200 was coming up, so it's time to put something together. And, um, yeah, it just went from there. So it took a while. <laughs> must like you must have had to download all the episodes to get the clip. Like, is that... like what? I don't understand. That's the amount, the amount of work. It was incredible. That's been incredible. Yeah. Yeah, incredible I need to you... apologize to you, Nick, actually, because I forgot yours. So I've <laughs> you submitted um, a contribution and I forgot to put it in. So Oh, that's okay. Um, I've, I've uploaded it to Stevie so he can play it if he needs to. So oh, okay. If he would like to. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the hardest part of the whole thing was making Stevie and David a love story. That was awesome. <laughs> Completely unexpected. <laughs> that oh, jeez. That was it's been, funny. It's been a, a bromance, a match made in heaven. <sighs> beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, man. You know, and, and I think, you know, I forget. We actually had an episode that was called Barrier to Entry because it was ironically something that Alan Huffman said on the mailing list. I'm like, ah, you know, sometimes it's a barrier to entry to know what these guys are talking about with all their running jokes and all their in, in, in humor. But if anybody knew what was going on from before we even knew what was going on. It was you, Brian, you, you definitely had some sense for who we are or what we were. And you created things that just encapsulated uh, the, you know, the, the moments and, and um, you know, all these highlights and little clips and things you did, you just, you had such, you had such a talent, you had such talent for seeing that and producing that. Um, you know, some of the, some of the best moments of our first year on the air were because of some of the stuff you did for us. So definitely want to thank you for that, man. No, thank you. It's been it's been a ride, for sure. And I think somebody asked, "Do you do this for a living? Are you a producer or something?" No, no, I do government procurement for a living. Oh my goodness, oh, that sounds exciting. <laughs> I think you missed <laughs> yeah, your calling. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's a job. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Terry Steen was saying he likes the Placeblex commercial, another great Ken Reichard commercial. Coco Talk After Dark. Uh, Alan Huffman, great bit there. Uh, why did Tandy do that? Why did Tandy do that? Another Alan Huffman. I think I've got that one queued up here. Tell me why did Tandy do that? Oh, yeah. So um, Spoiler alert, because it was cheap. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, somebody says, why, why aren't you guys doing that segment anymore? Because we already know the answer. <laughs> yeah, we figured it out. It's yes. the shortest this, segment ever. This wasn't like finding Bigfoot. You know what I mean? We found the answer pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. It's no ancient aliens or anything. No, I'm not saying it's aliens. But it's no. aliens, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, it's and I mean, like I say, the show has all this stuff that has happened. Like, I think Brian was one of the first ones. Then we started getting stuff from Rob Inman and and Ken Reichard, and and a lot of people have created little clips and bits here and there. So, 
it's kind of become like the tapestry of all these things being woven together. And it just, you know, sometimes you replace this or change that. And, um, you know, and it's just, uh, it's always been a state of evolution, exploration, progress, metamorphosis. Um, we started off without having a single clue. Now we at least have a layout to a structure of people who still don't have a single clue, but at least it's packaged much nicer now. Um, <laughs> they have like half a clue. Yeah, half a clue. It was so, it was Mr. Green with the in the somewhere. Yeah, and um, I think one of the analogies that I came up with because none of us are professional broadcasters, we don't have a background in that. Well, maybe some of you guys do, but you know, most of us we we we, we never did this before. So, I kind of came up with the analogy of like. We are all people who are trying to learn to play an instrument, right? And so we're trying to learn an instrument that we never played before. We started learning to play this instrument, started getting a little bit better at playing this instrument. All of a sudden, we became a band, right? And when you get the band together, you achieve so much more than you could as a solo artist, you know what I mean? So we have just become this band that's been jamming. And we've been jamming so long now that we can just get in a groove at any given time. We don't have to rehearse. We don't need a set list. We can just get up here, just get our instruments out and just make beautiful music. And that's what these past four years have been for me. Has just been beautiful music that continues to take different roads. It becomes jazz. It becomes hip hop. It's you know, it's prog rock. It's it's hard rock. It's mellow rock. It's all kinds of stuff. And um, that's kind of how I look at it. Like I'm just like a guy learning to play. Uh, an instrument and and being with the band you know and just jamming out so it's been good times you know yeah don't agree not much to add to that absolutely yeah having my head explode <laughs> <laughs> it's getting ten dollars well, worth out of a five dollar ukulele yeah a band of brothers david lord says yeah and and the thing that i have liked about it from the beginning is that we have been like curtis mentioned live and interactive right so it hasn't just been people talking to themselves we've been talking and interacting and it's always been that, interactive. that's the secret sauce for me yeah and and that, and that i discovered basically i took what i was doing playing games live streaming games and said okay well let's take that same idea and let's just live stream talking about coco fest you know and that was really what had happened unplanned and anything else um and and it's just kind of gone from there um, and, and that's what I like about the show that is different from any other, um, retro product. You know, a lot of podcasts are pretty similar in format. You know, it's a very predictable format and that's good. I'm not saying that's bad, but, um, what I like about this is the unpredictability of it. And it's the opposite of a podcast. Podcast is a fixed number of people talking. You have no interactivity with that podcast. It is a very passive form of information. Um, and this is, again, opposite of all of that. It's not audio. It's video. You get to see who you're talking to. You get to see what they're talking about. And you can interact with them in real time if you catch it live. So uh, to my knowledge, I don't think that's ever been done before, at least in the world of Coco. Maybe there was stuff on other retro platforms. But um, I think that's fairly unique and, and dare I say, innovative. Um, well, and, well I've, told this, I've, I've told this story before, so forgive me if you've heard it. But... Uh, you know, I started off, you know, watching you guys and listening and chatting in YouTube. And and, uh, and then one day, Stevie's like, you should come on the show. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm not a podcaster. I, I don't know anything about, you know, being on a show. But I joined anyway. And it was so fun. You guys were so welcoming. 
and I was such a dork. I, 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 that's that, that's <laughs> well, where. Wait a second. You're saying you saying were? I was. That's where I. That's where I made the mistake of saying, you know, I love hearing you guys say my name. And that's, <laughs> that's where the three names came from, right then and there. Stevie, Stevie has a gift of finding something about everybody to sort of make. Uh, their personality, like a, like a caricature kind of thing. So Stevie took that and ran with it, and that became the the three names that has obviously stuck. You know, and people, you know, people say they can't. You know, they say my name three times, and then uh, Bruce went and made that sound clip, which I yeah. thought was was uh, you know up. my own jingle. I mean, come on. Well, I, I do it. So uh, you know, you guys have done. You guys do a really good job of of making us personalities that uh you know the people who tune in seem to uh to be in line with and uh just a really entertaining show and your mentality is always empowering people bringing people in empowering us to create uh it's not about you you never you know it's not the stevie strobridge show you you make you give us the latitude to really create and 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 um it, it's it's a really great environment yeah and thank so you thank you Feeling is quite mutual, um, you know, and that's kind of there's there's so many things that like I have tried to do and felt like I haven't always been successful. But I think we have tried from day one to say to people, listen, come on the show. Because before it was just a Skype call and it was just anybody could have jumped on Skype at any time. It was a complete open party line. And we've always kind of said, listen, come on the show, because <laughs> as much as it's nice that people are chatting with us, it's literally hard to keep up with the chat while you're trying to listen and watch. There's like, I'm, I'm looking at three screens and I'm being inundated with information. It's impossible for me to process everything that's going on. So I feel horrible that I can't always read the chat or respond to the chat in a timely manner. That's why I'm hoping we have a lot of moderators to help in that area. Curtis and Marco and stuff do a good job at that. But there's so much input. And so I always would encourage anybody, and we did a commercial about this saying, anybody can come on to Coco Talk because that's always been true. And I think episode 20, we actually made that the theme of the show. Listen, it's been the same six people talking for the past 19 weeks. We want to hear from other idiots, not just us idiots, right? And so we really invited everybody on episode 20 to join the panel. And that's always been the mantra. This has never been the um, exclusive club of whatever. It's been the community show. It's public access. And we want people to join us. And that, that statement's true today. But I just get tired of asking for it because it's like you can't make somebody do what they don't want to do. But we'll just remind everybody that that invitation is always open. You just got to reach out to us and say, I'd like to be on the show. And everyone is welcome. Yeah. We have a question. We have a question in chat for John Boat of Car. They want to know where that nickname came from. Uh, the, the name Boat of Car comes from a They Might Be Giants song. Lots of people think I drive like a big Lincoln or something, but that's not the case. There's a They Might Be Giants song. Hero to all nerds everywhere that are into music. Yeah. Uh, they've got a song on their first album called Boat of Car. And I thought, hey, that's a cool internet handle back in 1997. And so <laughs> it's stuck <laughs> Boat of Car. There you go. <laughs> Terry Steen says, Coca Talk, an equal idiot employer. <laughs> You know, and any any idiot can come on here, and I'm a perfect example of that. <laughs> any idiot well, I, can, and every idiot has. <laughs> I, I, I love that Boat of Cars joined us, and and this brings another point that I really love is the synergy between us and other other Coco groups. Like we have the Amigos Retro Gaming guys that interact with us. Canadian Retro Things has become a regular contributor with the videos that I play 
during the uh, the game on results, and he jo- he's been on the show a couple times too. I I love the community that we're building and the interaction between the different podcasts and different. Yeah, shows. yeah, I agree with you, Nick. And it goes to show that just because you have a a show that's also about the same platform, it doesn't mean that you need to be down on other shows that the focus on the same computer. It's not a, it, it's no. it's not a zero sum game. Everybody can exist together. Exactly. Yeah, it's never been a competition. It never has. Um, and that was the, the, the irony of it is so we, 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 we always have been and always will be first and foremost a live interactive video uh, medium. But it was episode 21 where we also started providing an audio replay in audio and then later video podcast form. So you could catch the show as a replay. You could listen to it while you're driving. If you don't have the time to watch it during the week and stuff, you could download it, take it with you. And and again, that was getting back to an, an inspiration from the Coco crew because I was listening to the Coco crew even back then in their first year. And they started talking about, yeah, we're getting like a thousand downloads a month. And back then this was on YouTube and I was still in my early days of YouTube and I was full of um, uh, delusion of becoming a, a wealthy YouTuber. So I was like selfishly thinking, well, if, we, if they could get a thousand downloads as a podcast, what, what, how, what is a podcast? And, and are people just out there like doing the Google on a podcast site to find podcasts? So I thought if we just threw this crap out there and whoever these podcast people were to listen to podcasts, maybe they'll find us and then they're going to listen to the show and they're going to say, wait a second. I have no idea what they're talking about. I need to watch this. So I was really selfish in thinking that throwing a podcast version of the show would get us more viewers because I was somewhat focused on trying to get viewers because you can theoretically make money off of views on YouTube. Well, that really hasn't panned out too well for me. But, um, but so there was a real naive and selfish initial reason of throwing the audio version out there. And it's like the show has been uh, unexpected. The fact that people actually have benefited from that and that even though you can't always see it to still hear the discussions has been a good resource for um for a lot of people and so that just became another unexpected additional layer to what's happened over the past um, somewhat years and yeah so we still get just as many downloads on the audio and video versions as we do views and replays on the on the youtube version so um that was kind of interesting too I, I don't download the audio version anymore since I've been here. Yeah, right, right. I'm already here, but I, I used to listen to the audio version quite a bit before I before I end up being surprisingly being invited to be on the show on episode thirty six, I think it was. So and in my been... case, the few times that I have not been able to make the show and I can't catch it live because I'm in the car driving or whatever, I've actually downloaded the video podcast version of it to catch up. Yeah. So yeah. you're watching the video <laughs> while you drive. No, no, that's like when I stop at a hotel or something. Oh. I'm on the road. Type oh. thing. Okay, good. Just checking. I'd like to mention my buddy uh, Paul Barton too. Paul T. Barton, yes, yes, another Mr. great Mr. Asset Colorful the Wires. Mr. Colorful, <laughs> how's he doing? Is he doing good? Yeah, he's good. Good. He, good. he has some issues going on, but he's dealing yeah, with it. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. There's so many. And another thing, I would just want to stress: we talk about community, we talk about synergies. If if there could be any moral to the story any wish or thought or uh, thing is that i i really would like to say that i would just want to say peace on earth and goodwill towards all and and if there if there are bridges that seem to be burned or broken hopefully those bridges can be mended i i really would not like anybody to not feel like they have to make a choice or choose a side or anything like that i think there's um you know i mean there's there's enough 
community to go out there. There's no reason why everybody shouldn't get along, and I would. I, and that invitation has always been open too. That um, you know, have some discussions and, and um, maybe heal some wounds, have some conversations. And so, for any uh, transgressions that have transpired in the past. You know what? The past is in the past, and uh, I always look forward to a brighter future. So I'm hoping that as time goes on, whatever minor indiscretions are out there can hopefully become, um, you know, kind of, you know, moved bygones. past, you know, at some bygones point. Bygones be bygones. <laughs> yeah. Wishful thinking, but who knows, you know? So um, I always would say live and let live, and uh, let's, look, let's look forward to tomorrow. Uh, and, um, like, yeah, like as many things as we haven't been able to expect in the past five years of what's happened to the cocoa and what's happened to the community. Does anybody have any predictions on what the next five months or five years might bring us hardware-wise, project-wise? Anything else? Anyone? Well, cocoa networking looks yeah. like it's the next big hot thing. Yeah. The final release of the Gimme X is another one. I predict okay. there will never be a cocoa graphical web browser. <laughs> that sounds like a challenge. Uh, hold, hold my beer. <laughs> Hey, yeah, really. Grant Leedy. Yes, sir. Grant, I appreciate you, man. Hey, no problem. You're our first guest host, man. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's been a long time now. Yeah. <laughs> Grant looks really far away. He does. He does. So it's all your fault. <laughs> David yep. Lord says Coco 3s will hit $500 on eBay. <laughs> that's already <laughs> happening. That's that's not a prediction, that's a fact. Back down to $500. Back, yeah. <laughs> So it I is. just want to know who's going to raise the bar. We've had a person fart on the show now, and it's me who live streamed. <laughs> so Jason, what are you going to do next? I, you know, uh, I'm no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not going to do anything like that on that, purpose. That's the core dump segment. Nah. Oh, oh no, no. <laughs> going to raise the I, standard. One thing I want to say is to me, Coco Talk. I mean, we do the show every week. Obviously, Coco Talk is the show, but Coco Talk is there's, it's much more than that. I mean, we keep in touch with each other through the whole week. And one of my, one of my favorite memories is actually didn't even happen during the show. It was when I had my 128K Coco 3 and I, I bought the Boomerang board, the Boomerang Classic board from Richard Lorbieski. And I am not a hardware person at all. I, I'm, I, I'm not good with real life objects. And my, my skills are in the virtual world. So uh, I, Curtis Boyle, L. Curtis Boyle and Nick Morentes, uh, we had a Zoom, a Zoom, or I, I think we used Zoom. It was a webcam thing anyway. And they sat with me online and walked me through the process of removing the old RAM and, you know, putting the board, getting rid of those caps and putting in the, the new board. Because I was nervous doing it. I was afraid, I thought, I was convinced I was going to break my cocoa. Yeah, so I think you guys, lost 15 pounds in sweat that day. So <laughs> those guys were so patient with me, walking me through and you know, telling me I was doing doing okay. And and uh, I mean, I I didn't know them all that long at that point. Um, you know, it was a while ago, and I, I that was one of my favorite memories. Like they, they just the support they showed me and walking me through it and telling me that it was going to be okay. And yeah, right, and, support uh, group. Yeah, yeah. We're, I mean, that was amazing. We're like enablers and a support group all in one. Um, yes. Yeah. You know, and and I think I remember you didn't even have like uh, wire cutters. You had to use like a like a, a like. I a... used a screwdriver to pop the. Uh, oh, okay. Pop the chips. But out. did you yeah. like use scissors or something to cut the capacitors out? Like of a nail. No, I think I I rocked them back and forth. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you yeah, go. You did, and it took a while. 
<laughs> I'm glad it, I'm glad it all worked out though. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Sheldon McDonald says I'm waiting for that Coco Two clone project from Zipster. There you go. Qui yep. remembering Grant with the helicopter, the <laughs> propeller hat. That was another uh, Brian Joyce <laughs> thing. And uh, Sheldon, well, thanks, McDonald, Sheldon. Thanks hey, to know, EOU and DriveWire, almost everyone can have a, a real time clock now. True. Yeah. I could bring up a couple of things. Go ahead. Uh, uh well i mean okay one of them one of them didn't happen on the show but i had a heck of a lot of fun doing it, it was a, a stevie live stream and uh you know where we were playing forest of doom that was that was a blast yeah 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 that that was great we're all playing forest of doom and then of course the best part was when i ultimately won but, you know and i got the mug yes the, yeah. <laughs> the infamous mug and then that bring that you know, that brings us to you know my first coco fest you know brought I started the uh, Bring Your Brother the Cocoa Fest program, brought my brother Ken with me. <laughs> um, and he had a built a display case for your mug. Yeah, yeah he built the the rotating lit display case for the for the, the stand for the of douchery. Yes, yes, I remember that too. Yes. <laughs> You're just jealous. <laughs> Haters gonna hate. Screw you, Jason. But, <laughs> I love you too, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> but it was such a great experience at, at, at Coco Fest in what was that 2018, which seems like a lifetime ago at this point. But uh, yeah, I'd never been to Coco. I knew about Coco Fest, known about it for years. Chicago just seems so far away to go. And uh, I mean, the only other Coco events I'd ever been to was Pen Fest in '99 and 2000, and it was practically in my backyard. I met. I met some some of the guys there, like Curtis and uh, uh, John Linville, and uh, a Nick. bunch of other Nick yeah. Morentes, yes, a bunch of other fellows. There's some and uh, uh, Sockmaster and uh, what was a what was a fellow one of the, one of the three amigos from the Coco the Three. Was, yeah. Mark, yeah, um, Mark Hawkins. Mark Hawkins was there. That was a great experience. And there's there's even bonus mm. there's even bonus footage of, from that on. I think what it's on the Popstar Pop Pilot. D, yeah, twenty um, some year old footage, but that. It was, a, you know, it was such an odd experience. I was, I was so bummed when PenFest went away, and it was such a great experience to get to Coco Fest and then to get together in 2019 and can't wait to be able to go again and be able to meet again live. That, that, was, that was such a, a great experience. I mean, the VCF Midwest, that was a blast. That was. Um, uh, Tandy Assembly has been, has been fun, and it's, and it's nice that it's, it's just across the state. It's, it's about three or four hours from me. It's pretty close, and... Uh, it's always yeah. uh, it's always nice meeting up with uh, other retro computer enthusiasts. But uh, as as far as the show goes, I mean, there was of course episode thirty six. That was just one of those things where it was so interesting. It's like, wait a minute, I'm just some schmuck, uh, con you know, uh, in in the chat. You want me to come on? Okay, great. And then of course you threw me off, Stevie. There was a whole like, this is your life quiz, and not <laughs> knowing about that. I'm like, <laughs> like, well, I didn't study for all this. Okay. And then I'm trying to remember everything. I'm like, well, let's see here. I, you know, anything that I had published, I was mostly utilities and it was kind of towards the end of things. I mean, like for crying out loud, I had a program on the next to the last episode uh, issue of T and D software. I mean, and then uh, I think I wrote like, three articles or so for the world of 68 micros but uh, you know that that was where that that where that all was but um but one of my one of the funnest things besides the virtual coco fest which was great i had i had i had a, i had a great time even though i did got half uh, um a hassle what am i thinking ha uh, heckled heckled yes there's that's the right h word thank you ding nick marota you win a prize um but uh 
the the one that that was fun but one of the other fun things was we had mentioned it before there stevie the barrier to entry yeah i had fun writing that program once i got the engine down i was getting all kinds of uh trivia questions yeah trivia questions yep for from our discord server and it was quite a got a lot of input on that and that was that was fun you know running that it's one of the few times i i'm i'm a big real hardware guy it's one of the few times i did run emulation for any amount of time just to for ease of use but uh that that was great and just being able to meet uh meet all the uh, i think i've met most of the folks here on the panel one time or another and yeah. uh and you have to watch out. David Ladd is a hugger. <laughs> hey, when you do come to Coco Fest, watch true. out. David Ladd is a hugger. And uh, something else that was really cool is meeting Simon and how he got there. Yes, that absolutely. was neat. Yes, that was a surprise kind of GoFundMe that Paul Thayer had put together. Everybody kind of chipped in to raise the money for the plane ticket for Simon to come out uh, to Coco Fest. So yeah, meeting Simon person was was a treat. He's very tall. He's a lot taller in person yes. than he is on the internet. So. And I've not been on a plane in 40 years. Yes. But I will say the only other time we've done that kind of like fundraising, community fundraising that I remember uh, to get somebody down was to get Nick Marendi's down to PenFest 2000. Thanks to Ron Bull and all the rest that helped organize that. But, but you know, in Simon's case, we actually liked him enough. We actually offered to pay to send him back afterwards. That's the part you funded. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was the there was the Australian auction. I believe I got a I got a package of uh, biscuits. Yeah, all the Australian items. I think I actually found the wrapper from the Anztec biscuits in my bins of cocoa stuff. And it was like, and that's funny that I saved that. That's just yeah. I still got great. some fridge magnets from that. I think some Koala Qantas Airlines or something. What? Um, yeah. Did anybody like? I know when I went to my first Cocoa Fest and I was going to meet people for the first time. Was there, and did anybody go through any type of like apprehension of like, okay, what's it going to be really like meeting this person yes. for real, you know? Yep. Um, and so I don't know if that was conscious or subconscious, but I just know that the minute I met everybody, I didn't feel anything other than, oh, okay, this is just a bunch of people, you know, like I, Curtis and I had only spoken on Skype a number of times, but we met in person and it was great. And we hung out and I, and I met people that I didn't even know yet because I hadn't, um, talk to them yet, but I got to meet a lot of people that I've now known for, for five, six years. And um, this meeting everybody for the first time at Cocoa Fest, it just really felt, you didn't feel out of place. You didn't feel awkward. Um, it didn't really feel I'm like sorry. there were, uh, didn't feel like there were any egos or anything else like that. You know, I didn't know how to behave or what to expect. So I tried to not go out of my way to, to do or say or, or do anything. But I did interact with as many people as I could, and and it was really neat. And I met David Ladd. And I, so David Ladd and I met for the first time, but we didn't really talk a lot because we didn't know each other prior to that. But since that first Cocoa Fest, we became such better friends because we started playing a lot of PC games together and online gaming and stuff. So David and I have been friends more post our first meeting since then of course we've met in person many times since then too um but yeah meeting people in person that you had never met before wasn't weird and as far as i can tell i was not disappointed from anybody i met i don't know if that's true for anybody who's met me but i don't know <laughs> meeting everyone in purpose there was no disappointments meeting anybody and it's just it was almost like no. oh i kind of already know you it's like now i'm just seeing you you know exactly so, yep. yeah exactly yeah, I and got to it, cheat a bit because I, I, I already knew quite a few people from when I used to go to Cocoa Fest back in the old days, like the early 2000s, the 1990s, and even Rainbow Fest before that. So I knew 
you know, literally half to three quarters of the people that were there already. And then the rest I'd you know, been meeting on, you know, chats or, you know, talking on the listserv, et cetera, too. So I, I, I can't say I was nervous going, you know, for my first time back in 12 years. I was more nervous about the drive than anything else because mm. it's a long freaking drive. In 84, I met Lonnie Falk at uh, Cocoa Fest or Rainbow Fest, I should say. And um, he was an interesting guy to talk to. And um, I didn't really have a whole lot to say to him. But uh, it was just cool to meet him and think of he's responsible for the magazine. You know, it was like awesome to meet him and talk to others, too. It was neat. Yeah. yeah it's talking about an accomplished uh, person. You know, that, that, that whole experience being being GoFundMe and stuff like that, it was totally brilliant. But it was pretty traumatic at the same time. I've not been on a plane for 40 years, okay? So <laughs> I got to the airport in Denmark. I've not been playing in 40 years, so I was literally crapping myself. Wow. And, and <laughs> I'm really nervous. And all of a sudden, beside me, at the you've got like these um, automated check-ins. And there's a family beside me. And they've got camera crew filming this bloody automated check-in. I'm sitting there rooting through my bag. Like, where's my bloody passport? Where's my, or where's my end destination? Because when you go to America from Europe, you have to put in your end destination exactly where you're going to. I have to type this stuff up and I said, where are my glasses? Where's this and the other? And I got through, I got through security um, in Denmark. And it's like, well, we're just going to drug check you. So they got like, this thing and I check your fingers. So if you've got any traces of weed or cocaine or something, your bloody fingers, stuff like that. It's like eight o'clock in the morning. Um, I'm literally, I could not drive to the airport. I had to have my wife take me to the airport because I was so shit scared to get on that plane. Wow. Um, and I got to the airport, and first thing I did is like half past eight in the morning when I finally got through security. I was like, uh, yeah, beer. Beer. <laughs> so, like, I'm sitting there in the airport, and I, I get on this first plane. It's a little tiny plane, it's like a city hopper. <laughs> so it's got like two rows of two seats, really small plane, and it's all of a sudden I'm like, you, uh, you feel the vibration this, of everything in a small plane too, yeah. You're going down this runway like a million miles an hour. And it's like, fuck, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die. It's just holding <laughs> to the seat in front of me. I was holding the seat in front of me, and it's like, oh, all of a sudden, okay, I look over the wing, and all of a sudden, bloody thing starts to bank because they got to change direction. It starts to bank, and like. Shit, I'm gonna fall out of the fucking sky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that was fine. That was fine. We got. To, I, I I got to Amsterdam. I got to Amsterdam because I had to go from Denmark to Amsterdam to get a Delta Airlines to uh, Detroit Metro. Paulie T picked me up in Detroit Metro. Um, and I got to Amsterdam. And it's like, well. The terminal in in Schiphol Airport in Amsterdam is it's like a mile long from one end to the other. I dealt where I was at the other end, and I only had like forty five minutes to get to the other end. And I had to um, get onto one of these scanners and get a new ticket and stuff like that. And it's like she's literally running through this bloody airport, you know. <laughs> I get on that Delta Airlines plane. Ah, uh, actually, uh, you know, uh, I was so. I was so scared. I was so scared. But you get on this, you get on this big old uh, Airbus A330 or something like that. Yeah. 
and it was completely different ride completely different ride than the little tiny plane because right smooth it was really really smooth and uh you got this nice stewardess uh comes along she says well have you got any trash i goes yeah i've got some trash and i, I just pulled out a beer can <laughs> Because when I finally got through the airport in in, in Schiphol, in, in Amsterdam, when I finally got through the airport, I thought, yeah, just buy a bloody Heineken, just, just calm your nerves. And I pulled out his beer can. He goes, hope you can, hope you don't have any more of those. I goes, why? Well, this is Delta Airlines. All booze is free. Oh, wow. Oh. Mm. Okay, fine. Thank you. So she comes by and she goes, um, do you want anything? I says, well, have you got an IPA? Yeah, she goes down the bottom. You get, she gives you this. Oh, I don't know what the heck it was called, but it was a really wicked IPA from from the USA. And uh, I don't know if you, <laughs> that's a strong beer. I don't know if you guys were seeing me at Cocoa Fest because I was. I was. Didn't the can so, have a skull on it or something like that? Yeah. Uh, well, that was. Uh, yeah, I can't remember the name of that. I can't remember the name of that, but uh, the other one I got. Which I got at a store with Paul Fair was Backwoods Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> the name like that. Well, what a memory, huh? It just screams Backwoods quality. Bastard. But the other thing was when I finally got to when I finally got to USA, right? I only had I only had a backpack because I was only going to be there for like the weekend. I, I came on a Thursday and I was going to go on a Monday or the Tuesday. So I only need the backpack. I only need a few pairs of um, underpants, socks, my computer, and, and a change of clothes. So I go through the airport, and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm going out where normally you just, like, uh, your suitcases are checked out and stuff like that. And I've just got this backpack on, and I see this security guy come up to me, and he's got his hand on his gun, and he's going, excuse me, sir, is that the only baggage you've got? Uh, yes. Come with me, please. <laughs> so seriously, I got took off to some obscure part of the airport, and it's like you've got these signs saying strip search. Oh, my God. Of... <laughs> Welcome to Welcome Cocoa to Fest. Welcome to Cocoa Fest. Grab your ankles. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that was... Like, that was Simon will ever want to come back to the U.S. again. It was River. It was what one adventure after the next, but uh, uh, I mean, if if you if, well, let me ask you: at any point in time, did any of your planes hit rogue furniture? <laughs> <laughs> I hit a bit of turbulence over the lake because Terry Steen hit a freaking couch, <laughs> and, he, and, he's, and he, yeah, so he didn't get strip searched, but yeah, so yeah, there was... well, I did. I didn't get strip searched either, but yeah, I mean. <laughs> Intimidating signs were there. Oh, what you, is, you sir, what ribbon. is your what is your purpose in the United States? <laughs> exactly. I'm going to some retro computer fest, and he got this guy going. Mm, mm, uh huh. You got to wonder what that's like when you cross the Canadian border too, with bringing mm. contraband, 40, 40 year old contraband uh, across uh, the country lines. Are are you high right now, sir? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, but it was it was a terrible blast. But I I tell you what, it, I was so tired because I had the I had like the six hour time difference to Michigan, and then 
day afterwards he drove to Chicago, so he got like a seven-hour time difference. And I was I was like, yeah, I'm going to make this up because I literally got up at six o'clock in the morning Danish time, um, and I flew and I landed in Detroit Metro at three p.m. your time, but for me that would be like nine p.m. And then uh, uh, from Detroit Metro to to where Paulie T lives in Grand Rapids, it was like a two and a half three hour drive. Um, and I was I was totally really 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 tired, but I thought no, I, I'm not going to go to bed. I'm just going to stay up until Paulie T goes to bed, and then I'll get up in the morning when Paulie T gets up. So literally, I arose at like five o'clock in the bloody morning. Wow. And I went out on his porch in the front and I seen squirrels jumping up in the trees and completely plastic street squirrels jumping up the trees. And you got these, what you call robins. Um, red birds? Yeah, a really red bird, but it's not what we call Cardinals too. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I, it was just magical. It was just magical, you know. But I was so tired. And I'll tell you what, what kept me fueled at Cocoa Fest was them backwards bastards. <laughs> <laughs> and weren't you still working on your demo down to like the last minute before you were going to debut your big Cocoa 3 demo too? Yeah. And, and I, all of a sudden I was like, shit, I can't get the last part to work. Can't get the last part to work. So, mm, okay, damn it. Let's just do what we have. And I, I said to Paulie T, I'm going outside for a cigarette. Right. And I just ran up the stairs. Went and had my cigarette outside, and all of a sudden, Paulie's going like, "Come on, come on, come on!" They're all sitting there waiting for you. There's computers set up and stuff like that. I was, I was literally late for my presentation. Wow. <laughs> Down to the wire. Yeah, but that was that was so magical. And, and and the other thing that the other thing I loved about that was stuck in the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 that's in the past. Leave it, leave it, leave it. <laughs> that, was, that was so bloody funny. That was so funny. It's like you've got these guys staring out. Who was in that elevator? I think you've got David Lowe. You've got everybody here except Mikey right now. <laughs> David, Marco, Curtis, and Michael Furman, right? Yeah, you've got yeah. five of you, yeah? Stuck in an elevator. <laughs> You got the fire truck outside. Uh, Grant was there too. Grant, you were in the elevator, right? Yeah, Grant was too. Grant was. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, so it's, it's you're watching through the doors pried open slightly, and you're watching firemen come in, you know, full dress. The jaws the of life trying off, to get them the jaws out. jaws of yeah. life and axe. You know, yeah. it, was, it was awesome. Yeah. Oh, that was, that, was such a, that was such a fun moment. <laughs> I'm sure it was, was fun if you weren't in the elevator. I, and I remember getting a text from David, like David must have texted me, but because he was in the elevator and the doors were closed, it didn't come out. So like an hour later on my phone, it shows up. David's like, hey, we're in the elevator. Can you come get me a hand? And it's like, they could have been in there stuck, dying and suffocating. And I never would have known because his text never made it out of that metal box. It was so funny to get that message on my phone, like after they're already out and we're all laughing at him. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the other thing i was sitting there i was sitting there on the saturday morning i was sitting there on the saturday morning at uh first right all of a sudden i got a text from my wife um uh, uh, there's a radiator upstairs it's leaking and the boiler's gone out oh man <laughs> really <laughs> fuck sakes I, i'm six 
I'm 6,000 miles away. I right. can't go and fix the bloody boiler. <laughs> so I had to give her instructions about how to go downstairs and turn off the boiler and turn off some of the radiator feed taps and stuff like that. Did she get it figured out? Uh, she had to call the plumber. <laughs> <laughs> and that cost me a lot of money, but oh, it was well worth it. Ah. So, there, yeah, that was a fun trip. It's a fun trip, and I'll definitely do it again. <laughs> what did you think of going to Fuddruckers? Have you been to, a, like, a hamburger place like that before where you get to put all your own crap on the buns and everything? I had the gluten-free option. Okay. <laughs> and that's just really bought me a beer. That yeah. was nice. Polly's good like that. Polly's always good for so, buying around. What yeah. about in 2018 when we the hotel – uh, recommended this pizza place that we were going to all go eat at that had no <laughs> with seating. no seating. Yeah, yeah. And, and you and you and you put we were in separate cars. Come up like Stevie. There's no seating. Well, how long is it going to be? I, I don't know, Stevie. When are they going to add a dining room? <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's no seating. Doesn't mean they're full. It literally means there's no seats to sit on. Yeah, right. I, I so. think there's a bench there. <laughs> it was takeout only. Yeah, yeah I think it was a bench, but maybe for like two or three people where you were waiting for your pizza. But that was and about that's it. where we ended up going to Fire and wine which became a tradition that in the next two to three years to follow that when we all get there we'd end up going to fire and wine and and having these like flatbread pizzas and beer and wine and other things like that and uh yeah that was kind of neat that wasn't the time you did the real life frogger uh that was one of the times uh, that was just that, trying that to run across the, no no that was still at cook because you had to oh. run across the street to make oh. your way to the sub or was that froggy i'm not sure yeah yeah no i was froggy. running across i tripped on the median landed on my knee screwed myself up <laughs> and everything and uh yeah I think well, I pretty good. Yeah, you literally yeah, you you, failed your froggy move. Yeah, you literally have to run for your life to get a sandwich at Coco Fest. So, across <laughs> <It's> <laughs> twelve lanes of traffic, moving traffic in you know suburb of Chicago. So, oh yeah, that Chicago traffic is just such a joy. Yes. So um, I've got a question for. Yes, Brian. Curtis. Ah. Oh, have have you reached out to Brother Jeremy at all to see if he would wanted to join the show? Uh, no, I don't have a contact form right now, to be honest. Do you oh. have one? I could probably get one. Uh, talk, I can talk to Tony in that because he would be a good virtual guest for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah definitely. He did make the best he, one year now we living in uh, the UK right now in uh, England. And that's – I had never heard of Brother Jeremy, but I had seen that clip I don't know how many yep. times. I had seen yep. the uh, Kevin Darling let the, let the program free. Free, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so yep. – Oh, he's an interesting to, fellow. Yeah. I got the experience oh, at live and in person, Stevie, and it, I think it was like one of my first Cocoa events, and I'm kind of like, what the heck is going on here? Right. right. Was and he's, he debuted that. He's a real to God Escapelian monk. That he was he was in Wisconsin, at one of the parishes up there, and that uh, teaching music, and now that's what he's doing full time in uh, the UK in that and uh yeah he's been upgraded a little bit but uh he's he's really good yeah he actually put himself through seminary in a rock and roll band that is cool some of his tales uh, back from the 70s is oh yeah. yeah right right yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's he was one of the originating members of off the hawk the occasional friday night os9 hanging out club wow we had we had members from Walk, hence the name um yeah yeah He's also the leader of all yeah. of our jam sessions in the 90s. Yeah, Monko Jam. Yes, he was. Yeah. 
Yeah, I got to meet him in 2016 in my first Coco Fest. I got to meet Brother Jeremy. That was quite, and 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 again, getting back to history and and preserving these memories and these moments. The fact that PenFest 2000 probably one of the most photographed and videographed events in the history of all Coco events. I had seen so much footage and so many photographs and. I kind of had a sense of who he was before I met him, but to actually meet the man in person, he's definitely a larger-than-life character. And again, hanging out at Fuddruckers with everybody and with Brother Jeremy at Fuddruckers was just an incredible moment, you know. Um, full monk regalia, too. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think we've kind of meant we've mentioned Coco Fest. You know, Coco Fest has been the inspiration for Coco Talk, but. Who is the people behind Coco Fest? Well, that's the Glenside Color Computer Club, and Brian Schubing is here as a member. Technically, we're all members because if we if you've been to Coco Fest, you're a member. But I consider the core members the ones who live in Chicago and have been around for 20 years or whatever. But um, Glenside Color Computer Club has been pu publishing the the newsletter since 1985. So they've kept the publication going even when Rain when uh, Rainbow Magazine ended, and they've been keeping a, a festival going since 1991. So Glenside Color Computer Club really has been a driving force of keeping the cocoa community moving yep. for 30 years now, and and they have been the inspiration for. Uh, for this show and for us getting together and meeting in person and, and becoming like real life friends and stuff like that. So definitely got to be say, give props and thanks to Glenside and all the folks there. Great group of people. Great group of people. Yeah. Great, um, good people, quality, salt of the earth type of people. And they happen to love the cocoa and they've been keeping the cocoa flame alive for going on 30 freaking years. And so to get to a cocoa fest is truly a great pilgrimage of just... <laughs> you know, of like-minded people. Um, I want to bring up a couple of comments in the chat here too. Uh, Jim Gary has joined us. Hey, and Jim, Jim, you Gary. have to come on the show one of these days to talk yes. about all your MC10 development. Uh, and also James Jones mentions that Brother Jeremy is very cool. He kindly officiated at his wedding. Oh, neat. Got to fly, guys. All Take right, care. Brian. Thanks for, thanks Later, for being Brian. here. Man, thanks sure. for being here. Oh, man, my arm's starting to hurt from from patting uh, myself on the back now all these all these hours here. But uh, switch the other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're another three hours. now. Yeah. But definitely, guys, all of you guys, I want to thank you all. And I definitely want to thank Brian Joyce, who's who created that great, great piece for us. Um, great stuff. And um, I'm looking forward, like Curtis Boyle says, 2000 more episodes. That'd be great. You know what I mean? It's really hard to predict where the future will go. I predict the future is going to be bright and continue to be brighter. And I look forward to that. I look forward to new things, new programs, new products, new people discovering something for the first time and sharing those discoveries. And the things we're seeing now with uh, I'm loving seeing the semi-graphics wireframe um, polygon. Been in chat. Show, yeah, the polygon stuff in semi-graphics. That crap is just blowing my freaking mind right now. So the things that people are doing um, continue to make me feel like a complete underachieving loser. It's like I haven't even learned how to put Hello World on the screen yet. And these guys are freaking making rotoscoping freaking geometry spinning around and stuff. So it's just like, yeah, hello, I'm a loser. Uh, you so. <laughs> You're doing pretty good. Hey, uh, the polite way to say it is you, your skill set is in other areas. Yeah, well, uh, it's in no areas, but sure. Thank you for being kind. You're too kind. Thank you. Yes. No is other. Yeah. I think it's I think you're talking about Sheldon's. Sheldon McDonald's, right yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right now he's on the Coco VGA. 
Okay, it's neat though. Oh, so it's not truly semi-graphics. Well, yes, he's done. He's done SG8. Okay. He's done SG8, um, and he asked me for some advice about the Cooker VGA. Uh, so he's he's actually making um, he's actually making a stopgap between basic and assembly. Okay. Which is a, an IDE that's half basic, half assembly. Interesting. So literally libraries cool. and stuff like that. You could just, instead of you got to write all your code in assembly, right? You could just call functions, stuff like that, um, and it will write assembly code for you. Okay. So Simon, are you going to be available next week? Because when we get back to the regular news segment, I actually have several of his video demos on there, and if you've got kind of the background on that. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Sheldon's I, uh, welcome to join too, but we can maybe get you guys to kind of talk about and expand on it a bit. Yeah, yeah, uh, we can do that. We can do that. No problem. Yeah. Cool. So, I mean, there's not much else going on with this COVID turd. <laughs> right. right. So, yeah, just speaking of Glenside and, and COVID and things like that. So we just had our meeting Thursday and they, and they added something new to the meeting, which I actually like because... Typically, the Glenside monthly meetings have been a quote-unquote business meeting, and it just felt like two hours of bureaucratic circle jerking, honestly, that I've been attending. So it never has been really fun. It's always seemed to be counterproductive and frustrating. But they added um, this month a social hour, an hour before the meeting, where people could show off projects or talk about things. And I thought that was really cool. And it was fun. So... Um, um, John Mark Mobley showed off a cool little demo where he wrote a program in BASIC that would scan through memory and find all your different tokenized keywords and show them on the screen. And um, Eric Canales showed off, and uh, speaking of IDEs, um, an IDE that he's working on where you can write stuff in assembly and it would then you know pump it into MAME and pop stuff up in MAME. So he's actually writing his own front-end editor to use things like LWASM and all these other tools to to then pop up and, and write code. So that was a cool project. And so the fact that we actually had a, a little bit of a social hour before the business meeting was great. And um, the things that we were talking about that would affect Cocoa Fest is what are some alternate dates? And there's going to be a poll that's coming out. So if you're already registered on Tandy List and you paid for Cocoa Fest last year, you should get uh, uh, an invitation to take the poll. So we're looking at uh, the earliest date now since April is probably not realistic with being able to have large gatherings. So we have a uh, possible date in June that Cocoa Fest could possibly happen. Then we've got uh, one or two options in September and then I think something in like November. So there's a few potential dates that the venue also has open that we can jump into and still fulfill our contract and our, our agreement from from last year. So um, there will be uh, some 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 voting to take place to attend Cocoa Fest. I hope we do have some in-person events this year. It is still being a little more optimistic than realistic to think it's going to happen, but I want to always look on the bright side and hope that we have one. So I'm hoping that by September or November, before the end of this year, I sincerely hope we can get together with more than 10 people and closer than six feet apart and, and, and get together and just hang out like the uh, brethren that we are and just enjoy our company for a couple of days. You know, Cocoa Fest is kind of like our Woodstock, you know, it's just like getting together and just, you know, sharing the love of what we love. And I, I, I hope it happens and I'm looking forward to that. And if it doesn't, you know, plan B will be, we'll have another virtual Cocoa Fest and it won't suck. 
it's not the same as meeting people in person. So I, I really look forward to meeting more people in person uh, this year and, and, and every year after that, for sure. Uh, other than Grant Leedy, I've met him. I kind of regret that. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> we were talking. Who was I talking to when we were the first time we were at our first Tandy assembly? We were talking to somebody on the phone. Well, what are you, Grant? What are you and Grant doing? I'm like, oh, Grant's just here sitting on my lap, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Who were we talking to, Grant, when we said that? Was that David? I think, we were, it, was da- I think it was David Ladd. We're talking to I'm David Ladd. So yeah, he's just here sitting on my lap, right? So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's where that whole thing came from. And after that, we give Grant and Stevie a hard time about that. <laughs> but you and I are the bromance. You saw our love story, David. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, right. Can't deny. <laughs> can't deny what's yeah. written in the stars, man. So um, you are my density. Um, <laughs> I loved the Back to the Future stuff at the beginning of that thing that Brian did for us. That was oh, the, the music was awesome. Thing. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Brian, you did a hell of a job, mate. Thanks, uh, mate. Thanks, mate. Yeah, that was um, awesome. If I, if I can, can I just um, thank a few people? Absolutely. Um, yeah, um, because I put the call out pretty early, um, and a lot of people responded. So thanks to to Rick and Paul and. Um, John and Aaron and uh, Curtis, Jason, David Ladd, um, Grant and Mark Bosley and um, Mark Overholzer and Simon and Nick Barreto, even though I forgot to put his in. <laughs> and, um, Samuel, <laughs> you know what? Samuel My Bond. fault. I gave it to you late. So oh, that was that's on all right. Me. Uh, yeah, that's okay. Um, and Samuel Gimes, of course. And a special thank you very much to Bruce, who... Um, unfortunately, I didn't let him know about it until like a day or two before I wanted to cut off. So I forgot Bruce altogether, and he put that Vic Mariners thing together in like a day. So, oh, he's he's uh, brilliant special, like that. Yeah, special thanks to him, and I, I, I apologize again for leaving him out. Um, and Mark uh, Overholzer mentioned in a, a chat uh, about you know 15 hours ago um, how how long um, how many hours. Uh, has Coco Talk produced? And I've got a little sheet here because I went through them all, obviously. Oh my God. And, oh, made, and made notes. Um, Stevie, you've given us 639 hours, 5 minutes, 36 seconds of goodness. So thank you very much. 639 hours. There ought to be hours. a, there's got to be a legal limit somewhere that we've exceeded. <laughs> I just hope there's therapy available for the people who've had to watch all that. Uh, that's, a, that's over an average of three hours a show. Are you sure that's all goodness? Thirty minutes of it was good, at least. Yeah, the thirty minutes that the thirty minutes that Brian put together was a good. A minute so. or two here and there. That is twenty-six. That's twenty-six days. Point six two five. It's like a month. That's almost a yeah. month. So a month of your life you'll never get back. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's. And I have a prediction. Go actually. ahead. Yeah. I will not be making the montage for episode two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> I start now there's just not enough time no but that was a labor of love and you did a hell of a job beautifully done yes yeah thank you thank you cool are we ready to put a fork in this episode uh not quite a okay. couple go ahead a couple couple things from chat first of all uh torsten diddle i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing that right says hey simon ah. um he also mentions that the uh, chat on the left disappeared so they can't see the the chat on the stream ah Okay. 
And then I also wanted to, uh, Bode mentioned, like he's got another podcast that he's doing with a guy that runs Met Retro Man Cave on uh, YouTube, which they do this week in retro. And it's, it's kind of a general broad about all kinds of retro things. And there's never been any Coco content or Dragon content on it before. But uh, he is planning on doing one for the next episode. And I think you guys record on Thursday. Is that correct, Bode? Yeah, uh, we, we normally record on Thursdays. And then the show usually goes up on Friday or Saturday. So uh, our latest episode just went up uh yesterday um and uh yeah we 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 cover mostly you know uh the biggest stories in uh in retro and either you know the console or computer sphere but next week uh we're going to have our inaugural uh coco story which we're going to talk about ben and the uh, the vr setup that he has just because that's that's too cool not to talk about that's cool. so uh yeah and uh neil he uh Retro Man Cave, actually, the name has been retired. Now it's just RMC, uh, a less uh, controversial name, I guess. But uh, if you guys haven't checked out This Week in Retro before, uh, give it a watch. We've we've got a full, we have the podcast version. We also have a full video version on YouTube. So, uh, yeah, I hope you guys check it out, especially next week when we we cover that that Coco story. Yeah, and it's called This Week in Retro is a channel on on YouTube. If you're you're looking for it, I actually have one up here. If anyone wants to see what the the very beginning of an episode looks like, you can kind of get a feel for it. I don't know if you're able to share it or not. Uh, not at the moment, looks like. Let me try again. Nope. All right. Try it again. Yep, yeah, there we go. More Coco content. This is my way of sneaking in news. Amiga. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you were jonesing a little bit. This week in retro. Those kids are not afraid of me. Click guys, find out. I know that guy. February 15th. Coming up on today's show, the Andy Warhol Museum Amiga exhibit. Sayonara, and we're in the same sweater. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I haven't changed clothes all week. Plus, our community question of the week on this week in retro. Up to date news. That's different. That's neat. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty cool podcast, uh, and, and now video show. That's a bit more recent. We to our first story. A quick correction. We. I won't play the whole episode. We'll have to get some, you know, page views driven for them there, but. Uh, <laughs> Post a link in the chat to the channel. Kidoki shall do. And also, I, I wanted to mention they they actually take suggestions for uh, topics to cover. And you guys normally cover what four to five stories a week, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, four to five stories a week. Uh, what we do, the way we we pick the stories that we cover is we actually do it through Reddit, which is kind of an interesting way. Reddit has a way to up or downvote stories, so people post stories all week on the This Week in Retro subreddit, which is a uh, Reddit. It's r slash This Week in Retro. Uh, and so people post links and they vote those links up or down. And, and that's how we we discover new stories to talk about. And it's really cool because it keeps us up to date with like what what, it, what are the most popular stories in either, you know, retro computing or retro console type stuff. You guys cover hardware. You guys cover software. Everything, everything all across the board. So if any of you guys see any really cool Coco Dragon MC10 stories that you think are newsworthy for a generalized retro audience, please join the Reddit and, and you know, suggest the stories. And I'll, you know, pump a few towards Boda too in, in the, in the yeah. Discord, which I noticed several of the Coco community members have now joined their Discord as well. Very cool. Yeah. I've got uh, one more quick one, uh, a memory that recently made me laugh. And John Schaller, please forgive me. Uh, I watched uh, I watched the latest uh, Coco, uh, the Coco show being uh, 
being made. That's over on Amigos Retro Gaming. Check it out. It's a great show. And um, the my memory involves John Schaller introducing Welcome to Coco Talk. Accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that you was know, it, we, I just I just gotten off your guys' show. Yeah, I, might yeah. have, I might have been a couple drinks in at that point. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> the problem with Coco shows is they all start with the word Coco. So you got Coco Fast, you got Coco Crew, Coco Talk, Coco Show. It's like it's an easy slip of the tongue at some point yeah, in time. Yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> Some free publicity for Coco. Welcome, welcome to whatever the hell Coco so Show we're on. Welcome to the Coco Show. Welcome to Drunken Coco Thoughts. And speaking check of, out their show. But, seriously, it's a good show too. Yeah. And then Aaron's call that after dark. Part after dark, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's a great show. And they have the interactivity with the audience at the beginning of the show. They don't always have time to you know chat while they're doing the actual show itself. But there's a kind of a pre-show, which you know Twit's famous for as well, where everybody gets to interact and chat with them. They've yeah, got really yeah. We put we put the chat up on the screen just like Coco Talk does, and before and after the show, we always have a lot of interactivity. So it's it's a good time. And some of their banter is hilarious, actually. I like the most recent. I like one of the most recent uh, Facebook posts too. Somebody has said, "I just came across this podcast. This looks pretty interesting." And then Aaron comments, "Yeah, I hear that one of their hosts is a really handsome and charming guy, and the other one's name is John." <laughs> <laughs> So I thought that was funny. You guys definitely have good chemistry. So um, yeah, yeah, and don't take yourselves too seriously. Yeah, too. yeah. I I enjoyed that interview we did with you guys because I know everybody else had been watching your show for a while, and I hadn't really gotten a chance to see it yet. So to be able to talk to the three of you, you and Aaron and, and Brett, was really cool. I was like, man, these guys are cool guys. I like these guys, man. They're all right. And well, then, thank you. We, and, we appreciate that. And then the clip that Curtis played. Curtis is like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this clip. I'm like, wait a second. This is six minutes. Come on, Curtis. I don't want to hear this crap, right? And he starts <laughs> playing it. And you're just like tearing everybody apart. I'm like, oh, my God. This is awesome. This is awesome. I could listen to this all day long. you know. And it was just like you just basically shat across every other platform. And it's one broad stroke. <laughs> And like, yes, I love this. <laughs> yeah, I would have picked that. It was one of my favorite moments, but it wasn't our show, so I couldn't. Oh, it was, it was aired sure. on our show. So um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, man, this is this is too much. Uh, yeah, we could go on all day, but we're going we're gonna to have to put a fork in this at some point in time. So how about I play the closing credits, and then we'll be able to come back for uh, parting, parting thoughts. Does that sound good? Right. Sounds good. All right. Put a spork in it. Put a spork in it. This concludes another episode of Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. For all things Coco Talk, visit us on the web at cocotalk.live. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, even segments via email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. Consider supporting the show with a purchase of merchandise from our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, click on the Patreon link on our website, cocotalk.live. Cocotalk would not exist without the community, its cast, crew, and contributors. Thanks go to Alan Murphy, Bill Noble, Brian Joyce, Brian Weasler, Curtis Boyle, D. Bruce Moore, Danny O'Connor, David Ladd, Eric Canales, Grant Leedy, James Diffendaffer, 
Jason Reichert, Jim Brain, Ken Reichert, Mark Bosley, Mark Overholzer, Mikey Furman, Mr. Dave 6309, Nick Morentes, Nick Marota, Nick Marota, Nick Marota, Paul Fiscarelli, Richard Lorbieski, Rick Adams, Rick Eulin, Rob Inman, Ron Delvaux, Samuel Gimes, Sloopy Malibu, Steve Bjork, Terry Steggy, Tom C., and many more. Please help support the Coco community. A list of various contributors and resources are available at imacoconut.com. That's I-M-A-C-O-C-O-N-U-T dot com. The original Coco Talk theme song is copyright 2008 by D. Bruce Moore and Greg Sheeler. The new Coco Talk theme song is copyright 2020 by D. Bruce Moore. Both are mixed, mastered, and produced by D. Bruce Moore. Coco forever, people! Speaking of meeting in person, that whole slideshow there was just different moments of us meeting at different Coco Fests and VCFs and things like that. And that's really, as much as it's fun to play games and talk about playing games and working on hardware and working on software, the most fun is to hang out with the people who who love that the way you do and just hang out for a weekend. In real life. In real life, yes. Real and, life. Yes. And so I'm looking forward to more real life camaraderie at some point point in time and i want to thank everybody for all the camaraderie yeah. we've had so far so yeah and just for the next next coco event that david ladd is make is at make sure to bring him diet dr pepper diet, yes <laughs> and water and water and, well yeah well, i'll bring you diet dr pepper david and you can uh, find your own water <laughs> You're on you your can own leave it you can lead a david ladd to diet dr pepper but you can't bring him water <laughs> yes oh don't worry and it's always fun to see everybody in person. Yeah. Hey, David, let me ask you a question. It is. Hey, David Ladd, did you enjoy uh, the show today? Oh, yes, Stevie. I was quite enthralled. Uh, <laughs> oh, David learned yeah. a new word. Enthralled. Wow. Uh, I see that word a day calendar's working out for uh, you, David. It's a gift that keeps <laughs> on giving 365 days a year. Uh, you need to make sure he gets one next year, too. Jim Gary and David Lord and Torsten and, and Frodo and Explore VR and Henry and... Edvin and Mark Overholzer and Jim Gary and Sloopy Malibu and Terry Steen and Henry and Sloopy and Marco and Terry Steen and Edvin and Sloopy and Dave and Sharon, Mr. Dave and James Jones and Nick Marota and Qui-Gon and Henry and Sheldon McDonald, Mark Overholzer, Terry Steen. Um, lots of people in the chat here. Yes, I post a lot. Yes, that's fine. That's fine. Well, I, you're a chat. You're a chat liaison. You're a chat man. I try. Yes, and so Marco, Just Mike, Sloopy, Craig Stewart stopped by from Australia saying congratulations. Another one of Nick's neighbors. We got to meet 
Craig Stewart at the 2019 Cocoa Fest. And, and Nick's rival publishing games through Tandy back in the yeah. late 80s. And um, uh, James Jones, Terry Steen, Erico has been here. Erico, uh, and uh, at that point, I can't scroll back in the chat any further. But uh, great show. I really enjoyed this show, and this show just reminded me of all the good times we've had over the years. And I think we're at a point in history and at a point in the state of the world right now where we need reasons to remember to be happy about something. There's so much shite out there in the world with politics and COVID and this and that the other that if we can find some small beacon of light in a dark and scary world, then let's gravitate towards that and let's try to spread more light and more love in the world. Camaraderie. That's that should be the name of the game. Kevin Holloway wants to know what episode two oh one topic is. Um uh, we'll let you know. Four hours of news to catch yes. up. A, reca- a recap of episode 200. <laughs> yeah, we, what we'll do is we'll just recap our favorite moments from our favorite moments episode. You remember that time? <laughs> you remember that time when you said that? Yeah, that was great, right? So- <laughs> that would be a flashback episode. <laughs> yeah, Stevie. Can we get like the wavy lines? <laughs> How many hours was that, Brian? 639? Too many. Too many. Uh, yeah. We're going to tell that to the rover on mars yeah so there are a few people i need to reach out to now that will be interesting guests to have so i've had a few people send me contact information for people who would be interested in being on the show and so now i have to remember to reach out to them so hopefully in the near future we're going to have some more special guests and as much as we like the special guests and the surprise guests i want to remind everybody everybody's welcome to join us on coco talk reach out to us on discord say yeah i'd like to be on we'll give you the information on how to join us on zoom we'll do some tests to make sure your cameras and lights and sound work and uh, make sure that everything's smooth and we'd love to have you on a future episode and this, the only requirements to be on this show is you have to love the cocoa and you have to love talking about the cocoa. And that's it. There's no wrong way to cocoa. There's no wrong way to be on Cocoa Talk. Although Is Jim Gary one of your guests? Because we really need to get him on. Uh, Jim has an open invitation. Jim has been on in the past. Jim Gary. And not only Jim Gary, but I actually want to reach out to the whole MC10 Facebook group because I want to have a, an MC10 day where all we do is catch up and talk about all the stuff going on in that space because there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of yeah, stuff going on with the and compilers and things, hardware yeah. and software. And I'm, not, I'm by far not an expert. I barely think I have a piece of a clue, but I'm a fan. And you guys have heard me say oh. this for years. As Brian mm-hmm. Joyce will attest, there's over 600 hours of me talking about what a fantastic machine that MC10 has always been. Um, <laughs> Don't they have an if-then-else in their base <laughs> MC10. <laughs> mc10 so um yeah so i, I want to have an mc10 talk day i want to have a dragon day and i've reached out to this before and i think my biggest frustration is trying to reach out and ask for people to help us out and people just don't and i can't hold that against anybody but i have tried reaching out to the dragon group a few times saying dudes guys help me out i don't know a lot about the dragon i'd love to have a dragon day Love to have some people come on and talk about the dragon intelligently because all we're doing is playing YouTube videos and reading posts thinking we have a clue, but us dumb Americans have no clue. And, and even our dumb Canadian Curtis doesn't have a freaking clue. So we would like to have the people who no know, idea. we'd like to have the people who know what's going on come on and talk to us. I'd love to have a dragon day. So yes. See, um, come on the show and have Stevie berate you too. It's fantastic. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> and, and to be honest, I mean, if it's, a, if it's a time zone difference, you guys are just busy on Saturday nights, which would be mm-hmm. the time it is in the UK, then we can prearrange a pre-record or something. Yeah, or know, just do it at a different on. time. Yeah, we're, we're always earlier. willing to be flexible. 
Um, so the invitation is always open for everyone. If you want to talk about retro things that are somewhere remotely related to the color computer family of systems, we want to have you on and we want to talk about it. We want to share that joy and that happiness and all that good nostalgia and goodness, right? So that's that's the hokey pokey right there. Torsten Everyone's wants a pal coco day. Pal coco day at 50 hertz. And, 50 and the, hertz. And we'll, we'll be having some interesting artifact colors that day. And that's fine. Um, you can. You can. And you said, Stevie, everyone's welcome. And I, that even includes David Ladd. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Simon. I said, you can have some interesting artifacts on PAL. Oh, yeah. We've seen them. They're neat. Yeah, you get the yeah, Nick's, Nick's used them on uh, some green, of his games right? back in the 80s. And the I mean, Alice. PAL version of Donut Dilemma that has some uh, PMO 3 artifact colors for PAL. Yeah. Because they're not like your artifacts where you've got PMO 4, where you're mm-hmm. literally just two pixels beside each other that plot red or green or something like that. But. This is because of the way power works. You've got two scan lines. So if you've done a yellow and a blue, it'd become a purple color. Or a red yeah. and a blue would become purple color because the way the power mixes. The power actually does a, a, a like, uh, it takes two scan lines and it kind of intermixes them. They're interleaved, then? Interleaved? Yeah, that would be a great topic for a PAL Coco talk. Yeah. yeah. And we're all PALs here anyway, so that just yeah, fits. Oh, okay. You think uh, somebody will put a gimme and a dragon or something? Ma- uh, Simon, Monza 68 is chiming and saying, I wrote a paint package for this, Simon. 16 color P-Mode 3. Neat. Cool. Yeah, so uh, the... Uh... Well, yes. Monza um, equals Craig Stewart, he says. Monza 68 equals Craig Stewart. Okay, well, so Craig he wrote Stewart, a paint yeah. package for this, a 16-color P-Mode 3 PAL artifacting paint program. Yeah, I put this out on the Dragon boards with Pierre Surratt and with yeah. Hugo Dupont a few years ago where we done P-Mode 3 artifacting on a 6-bit. On a, um, or We had actually 24 colors on P-Mode 3 um, in PAL. Okay, that's cool. a, that's impressive. yeah. We definitely need to get a dragon special. We need to get an MC10 special yeah, at some yeah, point. Yeah, because Absolutely. we, uh, I can tell you for a fact, I have zero clue, and I'm not ashamed to admit that. So, but I want to be that sponge and absorb and learn and just to be able to appreciate from the people who know it better than us and share that knowledge with us, so we can have a greater appreciation for our brothers across the pond. You know, so um, good stuff, good times. Parting thoughts. Uh, David Ladd already said he had a good time today. Nick Morantes, did you have a good time today? Awesome. Uh, are you awake? Yeah. <laughs> In fact, he's still awake. I think. So Nick, I, I, I'm ready for new acquisitions. Have we started yet? <laughs> <laughs> so I thanked you in recording, but let me thank you in person too. You have been a great asset to the community and to this show, and I appreciate everything you've done for us, Nick Morantes. Just a good ass. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, what Murphy. game did you hey. write during the show today? Yeah, Mike? right. Oh yeah, I got halfway halfway finished the uh, new game. So okay, good. <laughs> under ni- under Nitrous Nine, right? Ah, yeah. On cartridge. <laughs> On cartridge. Wrong Oh, that was Dead classic. Time. I remember showing that clip to, to Nick Morantes. <laughs> oh, that was great. Alan Murphy. I can tell which of the two of you were laughing harder during that. During you the could live. hear me <laughs> better, but you could see it in Nick's face that he was laughing his ass <laughs> off. So, uh, Alan Murphy, how did we do today? Uh, this was an awesome day with the Coco family. Loved it. Awesome. James Differendaffer, we don't get to hear from you much. How you been and how did we do today? We do okay? Well, I wanted to add one more thing. Sure. 
He just rage quit. Oh, oh, look at that. Beautifully done. Well played, sir. Well played. Oh, that is it. Not to be outdone. Not to be outdone. Brian Joyce, thank you. Brian, I know my video wasn't up to your quality, but hopefully I did a good job bookending what you did. Uh, You kind of told me you were going to do something, which kind of gave me the idea. Um, I think we ended up kind of complimenting each other. So hopefully I did you proud as you did me proud. Oh, absolutely. That was that was a good one. Thank you. Yeah. Um, the um, my final thought is that the, what Bruce did for the video, the words actually came from the horse's mouth. So uh, those words actually came from Nick um, Rantes, So. Oh, what did I say? Yeah, <laughs> <no>. Oh, the, <laughs> nine uh, out of 10 the... ain't bad. <laughs> oh, nine out of 10 ain't bad, right? So, D. Bruce Moore, thank you for everything you have done and for all the stuff you contributed, especially to this episode, but to... Uh, everything. So thanks, Bruce, if you're still there. And uh, Jason, the Cocoa Man, thank you. You've been a great asset. Mark Bosley, thank you. And Ron Delvo, I told you this before. You are a national treasure. And big heart. thank you. You are. You have got a great heart. You're a great big man. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we love you. Grant Leedy, yeah. Um, <laughs> for you, Stevie. I uh, love you too. Boat, <laughs> you guys are a great asset to the community. Love you guys. Love when you Thanks, take a big old shite on another vintage platform <laughs> that's not the Coco. <laughs> Feel free to shite on on other things and share that with us. It's it's glorious. Uh, Sloopy, great having you, dude. Great addition. Love having you, man. Nick Morota. Nick Morota. Nick Morota. You're everyone's muse. You are our inspiration, Nick. You are the reason why we do <laughs> what we do. Uh, we do it for you. Simon oh, Jonasson has been the community mentor for, for decades now. Thank you, Simon, from across the world to us. We love you. Curtis Boyle. Eh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if somebody can let Patrick Eulen, Rick Eulen back in here. because he, Actually, I we tried. have a couple times. He's stuck. Well, Rick, yeah, stuck. No, I, okay, because I think he wanted to get some parting thoughts. Oh, and there, no, it's, uh, well, at least it's the Pixar lamp that we see here right now. Well, he said joining, and he was stuck. Rick, parting thoughts. The, the make it. Yeah. Yeah, you're in. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. just see oh, your lamp. Oh, cool. I don't lamp. see. I don't see myself. I guess I'm a. Oh, I'm a. You're lamp. a lamp. He tried to. He tried to let you. I'm now a face. Well, hey, happy bicentennial, and let's try another couple hundred, shall we? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mark Overholzer, our resident Apple guy, been here since episode one. Thank you for all you've done, sir. Thank you. Wish you could do more. But yeah, I'm glad I've been here. We do what we can. That's all we can do. And so we're about ready to press the button. Say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Everybody. Everybody. All right. We are off the air. Explore VR says I am not a lamp.